kinds of symbology. What is at stake? It is a big idea. A new world order where diverse nations are drawn together in common cause to achieve the universal aspirations of mankind. My question to you is, in any of your government jobs, have you ever been briefed on the subject of UFOs? And if you have, when was it? What were you told? Well, if I had been briefed on that, I'm sure it was probably classified and I couldn't talk about it. When I got out in 1989, we had cataloged 57 different species. We walked over to one side of the lab and he said, by the way, we've discovered a base. The very word secrecy is repugnant in a free and open society. And we are, as a people, inherently and historically opposed to secret societies, to secret oaths, and to secret proceedings. Greetings and salutations, fellow Sky Watchers from coast to coast, globe to globe, Earth to Mars, Moon to Paradise, wherever you may be on this lovely evening, September 9th, 2015th. That's right, the year is almost over, folks. I'm, of course, Angel Espino, one part of the Sky Watchers radio crew. With me, as always, is the other guy, but he's missing in action right now because he's getting some technical stuff taken care of. But joining us on the show now, full-time, for now and forever, the one and only, the very lovely Miss Crystal Storm DCS herself. Crystal, welcome to Sky Watchers Radio, and welcome to the crew. Thank you. I'm so, so excited awesome. to be here. It is. It is so awesome. It is. I, I feel can... like you need to give Venus some love as well when you were saying, you know, you did your little intro. Because everybody always yes. talks about Mars, but nobody talks about Venus. So That's true. Well, you know, it's a you know? greenhouse effect gone crazy in, in Venus, so. That's true. That's yeah, true. But yeah. It's not as cool as Mars. Mars looks like yeah. Earth, you know? <laughs> I don't know. You can walk around on Mars, jazzle. maybe get a tan. I don't know. <laughs> Venus is pretty cool. I think it's pretty cool. Well, they All say right. what? Men are from Venus and women are from Mars, or is the other way around? I think it's the other way around. <laughs> <laughs> it makes more sense the other way around, though. I would say actually, that. That was pretty cool, though. I like that. <laughs> so, welcome to Sky Watchers Radio, everybody, and uh, welcome to Crystal Storm, who's joining us, like I said, full time on the show. And uh, me and the other guy have been talking about adding a third voice to the show uh, for certain occasions. Uh, it's always good to have another person, especially when the other guy is being uh, <clears throat> less than agreeable. Or less than entertaining, or just being himself most of the time, you know. <laughs> we need a person to bring some levity other than myself, and Crystal is the perfect person. You know, we discussed it at length who we would bring on, who would that third person be, and Crystal Storm is the one person that we both said, yeah, that's a natural fit. So, welcome. You know, it's awesome having you here. And for the audience who might not remember, because you were on the show before with us as a guest, you know, let's bring the audience back up to speed with who Crystal Storm is, who they're going to be listening to every week here with Sky Watchers Radio. Taking them back. Taking, Taking them back. back. Taking it back. Is this where you want me to make an introduction? That's where you, yourself? Yeah, you, that, you, you, you make opening? a. Yeah, you make a butt of yourself now. Make make a <laughs> big big booty of yourself. Go ahead. Oh, big booty plug. Here we go. Okay. Um, let's see. I do a show on PSN Radio as well uh, every Sunday at yes, 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 twelve. Yes, yes, yes. Women in hoodies, aka we digress with the awesome Julie Plucky Myers. What's up, Julie? We talk about all kinds of things. That we just talk about cool stuff on that show. That's basically what we do on Sunday mornings. And um, a jackal always yells at us because we drop a lot of bad words that we're yes, trying yes, to get yes. we're trying to get better at that but we're not doing very well but we try so i have been i'm censoring myself tonight so i'm really excited about being i think you're this. doing better but lucky you know that's <laughs> <a lot>. <laughs> <laughs> we try 
try. I swear we do, but then we get all excited about. Yeah, that's the problem. You swear and, and you it. do. That's the problem. You swear and you do. We do, we do. Um, so I'm going to really censor myself on Skywatchers Radio. I promise. I'm also a book author. I've written two books. I'm working on the third. You made me very sad when you told me the year was almost over and reminded me that I've not finished my third book yet. Lazy. Um, I know. <laughs> I wish that was what it was. Uh, TheMindOfDCS.com is my website. That's it. I'm super excited to be here, and I'm really thrilled that Jackal and the other guy asked me to come on, so I'm excited. Well, it's awesome having you here, and that is DCS, folks. That is the other person now on the show. And, of course, you're not going to get nicknamed the other person or the other girl. That's, no. that's all right. I could be the no, – no. no. Okay, cool. No, no. You're, you're actually going to get a name, DCS. Nice, nice. You get your name mentioned. Okay, I like this. (laughs) I have a cool name, so why not? You know what I'm saying? (laughs) I just, you know, for the folks listening who are Googling your name now, remember we mentioned this once before. (laughs) Be careful when you mention, when when you Google Crystal Storm. Uh, There's, well, let's just say you're going to have a pleasant surprise. That's it. I am not that chick. I'm the other chick. There you go. You're, you're the I other chick. Ne- okay. I have done TV, but it's been in relation to the Sonarchy series. I've never done a certain other type of. Right. Not TV. in relations to people having relations. <laughs> right. That's it. Right. Um, I don't know if. Can I, can, am I allowed to speak that my boobies are not that big? Can I say that? You can say boobies. <laughs> okay, boobies are allowed. Okay, yes, okay. yes, yes, yes. So, yeah, my boobies are not nearly that big. I'm, that's just gross. Yeah. No. <laughs> not for her. Yeah. Maybe not for her. I, you no, know, you know, I shouldn't hate. You know what? Do do what makes you happy. That's what I'm saying, and it makes no. a lot of other people happy too. So God bless <laughs> yeah. her and her boobies. God her bless and her. Giant boobies. <laughs> now, folks, we are on a, a, a show called Skywatchers Radio. So, what do we do here on Skywatchers Radio? If not, talk about UFOs, aliens, extraterrestrials, space encounters, space boobies, boobies on Mars. I mean, no, wait, hold on a second. No boobies. Well, there could be boobies, boobies on Mars. On Venus. To- yeah. Total Recall. Total Recall. Three boobies on Mars. Remember that one? The three booby chick? Two, three booby chick. <laughs> Why well, have two boobies when you can have three? That's what I'm saying. Why have two when you can have a third? Why has nobody ever done. Can I say penis? Why hasn't everybody known like a three penis? Like three boobies and three penises? Like that would be amazing. That would just be weird. I don't like. Boobie. Well, I mean, yeah, weird for you. Although, yeah, you know, obviously. The, the audience are like, what? Three penises? What would I even do with that? You know, you'd figure it out. Moving on. (laughs) (laughs) This is starting to sound like plucky and woo-woo show. I know. I'm sorry. I'm sorry. (laughs) We're going to talk about UFOs, I promise. I love talking about UFOs. I really do. Space boobies. Uh, Speaking of uh, people who are into space subjects and UFO subjects, uh, we're going to have a great guest on in the second hour. Robert Morningstar is going to join the show, and uh, he's going to be on with us the full hour to talk about some of the latest stuff he's working on that deals with the world of ufology. Of course, Robert Morningstar from UFO Digest. Uh, that's one of the uh, best websites that deal with the entire UFO subject. There's a lot of good ones out there, though, Crystal, a lot of really good ones. Of course, some of our favorites are like Open Minds, mm-hmm. and uh, you know, I get a lot of my info from them. I mean, those guys, you know, are Open Minds is them. a great site. That's a great awesome. site. Awesome. Yeah, um, I was actually not familiar with Robert until I saw he was a guest of the show, and I've spent like mm-hmm. all day watching videos and reading some of his articles. So I'm really excited that we're getting to talk to him. That's he's uh, an awesome guy. Yeah. You know, yeah, we ha- we haven't we haven't had him on in a while, which really sucks because you know I love having Robert on. He's such a great guest. He's been on so many times with us, and he always you know comes on with uh, just amazing information, whether it's about ufology or JFK or whatever it is. It's just uh, he's one of the, uh, the yes. best guests. Yes, yes, so. yes. 
That's going to be a lot of fun. Um, We're going to go on break in a little bit, and when we come back, we're going to go over some news News. of the day. News of the day. Before we uh, go on that uh, eternal break and come back in a minute and a half, because it's not that eternal, did you catch, uh, and this is completely off subject, but did you catch uh, the the late night show yesterday with uh, Colbert the last couple nights? No, I actually don't. I watch clips of that. I don't actually watch the show. I'm a I'm a big downloader. I don't really watch TV. I just pick the shows that I like and I download them. I, I hear you. I hear yeah. you. I do the same. Yeah. Uh, but I, I actually checked out the show live because I was, you know, it was one of those things where it's kind of a moment. It's, a, it's an iconic moment. This first episode. This could be one of the next best or the next biggest late night shows. So I True. sat there and I started. I started watching. I was like, you know, you only have this first time experience once with a, a show like this. That's and true. I was a big. I was a big fan of Dave Letterman. And I was like, you know, what are they going to do to you know continue this show forward without Dave? Right, right. Big shoes to Which, fill. Amazingly big shoes. I mean, a lot of people thought that Jimmy Fallon had big shoes uh, when he took over for uh, for Jay Leno, but Jay Leno, yeah. yeah, funny guy, iconic, but Dave Letterman is on a different level. Right, that's a whole other like plateau there. Yeah, yeah. for a lot of uh, comedians coming up over the last twenty years, Dave Letterman was really the guy that looked at even more than than Leno. Leno was you know funny, but not you know the way he talks is funny but Dave Letterman was really like the guy and to replace that guy is amazing and you know I found myself uh, Chris I was watching the first episode and he's doing the intro monologue and the whole thing in the beginning and I was like this is not very good you know I wasn't really impressed and oh. I was worried I was I was like oh man is he gonna goof this up is it you know is he gonna tarnish what Dave built for 20 years right. and then after the show ended I, I caught myself being, you know, saying to myself, first of all, I'm not a complete hypocrite, uh, because <laughs> now at the end I was like, this show is great, what a great show, and he didn't goof it up. <laughs> and then I, I thought to myself, I was like, wait a second, I'm, maybe I was being a little bit harsh on poor Stephen Corbett, because I'm, I'm looking at the show and I'm, th- I'm criticizing the guy who's doing this for the first time, because you know he did his Corbett report, but that was in a character that he played. It wasn't really like him. You know, right. It wasn't his right, real right. personality. That's yeah. It's a this is. Yeah, this is him doing like stand-up comedy, and he's up there, and he's chit-chatting with the audience, and he's you know telling jokes, and it's a little bit different because he's being more of his own person than the you know the, the character that he had created. And at first, I, I found myself criticizing him for doing that, and then I thought about it, and I was like, wait a second, I'm criticizing somebody for being real. That's him being more real. <laughs> And I found myself to be a complete hypocrite. I had to bring that up. Yeah, I had that. You had that self-realization, Jackal, and that's what's important. But, I mean, it's it's understandable because you're so used to seeing Letterman being there and having that role that you were going to be a little nitpicky to start out with. But, you know, you recognize that about yourself, and at the end you enjoyed it. So I I think Stephen Colbert is going to do a good job. He's he's not going to be Dave Letterman, but we shouldn't expect him to be. Uh, Already he's better than Fallon. Oh, well, there you go. See? So there you go. So shout out to Stephen, Stephen Corbett. His first two episodes oh, were great. Go, Stephen. You're awesome. Yeah. I mean, uh, hopefully the show lasts for a very, very long time, and he does uh, many, many, many seasons on the oh, uh, new I love show. watching just little clips of things when he just makes fun of people or the news or whatever. He's great. He's just yeah, great. no, his his comedy bits are you know usually really good. I mean, I, I, I'm going to really have a lot of fun watching what he does um, on this show now. He did one bit, which was pretty funny. They all sang the... Uh, I think it was like the national anthem in different parts of the country and stuff, and that was really cool the way they shot it. Uh, so I mean, he's a, he's a pr- really bright guy. So it, and an odd choice for that show. I would never expect Stephen Colbert. Yeah, I you know wouldn't what I mean? have either. That wouldn't have been my first pick as who they were going to use to replace David Letterman. But I mean, I guess it's going to work out because yeah, you know, I think he could definitely do it. So yeah, we'll I have see. no doubt. Time will tell. Yeah. So so far, that was good. That was the first 
good two episodes. I just want I, I had to bring that up because I you know on this show I don't do it often, but sometimes you just got to tell the audience when you find yourself just being a little bit of an idiot. And to me, That's I was important. you're being I was real. being you're an being idiot real. for criticizing Stephen Colbert. Shame on me. Keeping it real on Skywatchers that's, Radio. That's, that's what we do cool. here. That's it. See, that's what we do here. Mm-hmm. Now, on Skywatchers Radio, like on the Dark Matter Digital Network and PSN Radio, we uh, we have rules. And last week, I gave some of the rules. You know, I went over I some of the stuff. Last week's show. I like your rules. Right. Mm-hmm. Now, for the rules on the show, I, you know, I have to uh, suggest to everybody who listens in, who's going to be a caller, to please pay attention. I'm going to go over the most important rules. Now, there, you know, I don't have a lot of rules. Whoa, whoa, what, what's going on in there? What's going on? Okay, yes. I don't know what. I don't know what happened there. <laughs> Poor other guy. Poor other guy. Uh, he needs to give it up. See, that's one of the rules he's violating. Oh, oh, other guys violating rules. He's violating rules. Now, check this out. Now. Back to the rules. Now I don't have we don't have a lot of rules here on the show. You know, there's not that many. But I did add a few. One day I'm gonna post all the rules so everybody can just see the rules. Uh now we have we're up to six hundred or seven hundred and sixty three rules. Seven hundred and sixty three. Okay. Yeah, we're, like, we're up to seven sixty three. Even number, not like seven sixty three point five. No, no, just seven sixty three. That's okay. how many rules we, we have right now cemented. Okay. Right. Uh now I'm only gonna give you the most important four though. I'm not gonna go all the you know, all over the place. Not we'll be here all night, let's be honest. Right, 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 right. You know, that's, so that's, that's a lot of rules. That's a lot of rules. But right. not really. That's true. I mean, I feel like it's important they should read the rules once you post all 763 of them. But there might we be more. Just talk. I mean, yeah, there might be more. And then we should just talk about the most important ones because we are on time constraints. That's correct. we're on Earth. Exactly. You know? So over, I'm going to go over you know, the rules individually here. And, I, and, you know, in each show I might, you know, tell you different rules here and there just to, you know, keep it, you know, different. But I really wanted to cement these first four rules because these are the most important ones, and I wanted to, you know, say them over a couple times so everybody listening can please pay attention. You know, f- rule number four, only one call per person. You can't get in? Well, too bad. Keep calling. <laughs> we'll get you. You know, if we get you on the air, you can only be on once. Don't call again five minutes later. Say, oh, I forgot to tell you something. doesn't work that way. Don't do one that. Time. Ears open, everybody. It's important rule if you're if you're calling in, remember, you know, this is not screen, but if you're calling in and you just can't get through, hey, send us a blast. We we uh, we will read your a-hole blast on the air, and the uh, email is a-hole at skywatchersradio.com. You can send that out <laughs> to that, us. Is that really the email? Cause that's, that, that's really the email, yes. A-hole. <laughs> that's that's awesome. A-H-O-L-E, a-hole, at skywatchersradio.com. And, of course, we have blasts from the a-hole, and that's what we get when you send a, you know, a text there or a message there. We will read your a-hole blasts on the air. So make them good. Now, the third rule is make sure you have your radios turned off. Very important. I mean, that, and, and look, even though we're on the internets, right? Right, right. That Al Gore built. Even though we're on the internets, you still got to turn your stuff off. Don't call with, you know, the radio playing in the background or the browser playing in the back. Because that's not good radio. It's not good that's radio. the kind of stuff that the other guy will pull. Don't do that. It's like echo, echo, echo. Right. Yeah. You know what I'm saying? Don't pull the other guy move. Don't do that. That's not It's not, not cool. happy in the ear speakers. It's not happy. No, no. Now, the second rule is make sure that you don't curse on the air. Remember, offensive language is just wrong on Dark Matter Digital. You can say it all you want on PSN Radio, obviously. Crystal. <laughs> I'm sorry. You know what I'm saying? But right. on Dark Matter, it's yeah. a no-no. Don't Can't do it. it. So That's zip it. it. Yeah. All right. Save all your F-bombs for the PSN, PSN shows. That's right. right. There you go. <laughs> now... The number one rule on the show, and Crystal, if you were paying attention last week and if you heard the rule list, you would know what this rule is. What, I do, do know what this rule is. Tell us. Uh, tell, us tell everybody the rule. This rule is you need to be exceptional. You need to be awesome Close. when you call in. 
I, close. I was close. It was close? Okay, Pretty, I was super close. Very okay. close. You need to be, and you, no, you don't need to be. You must be. You must be. You must be absolutely fascinating. Fascinating, that's the word. Fascinating. That's right. Because if you're boring, we're just going to hang up on you. He might. Completely. I don't know. Jacko controls everything. I don't know if we just... We just <laughs> oh, I got, a, I got a trigger happy finger. It's trigger happy. He just loves the button. I love the trigger. Button. He does. He just clicks the button. Love the trigger. So, I'm pressing buttons. There you you never know. But if you guys do want to call in and you can follow those four rules, and maybe when I post the other 763 rules somewhere else, you'll be able to follow all the rules because right now you guys are violating rules. All, it's crazy. All over the place, But look, yeah. if you guys want to call in, the number is uh, 786-245-8127. Does not matter where you are on this planet or even on Venus or Mars. Hey, you can call from Pluto as long as you have a really good connection. You know, maybe yeah. T-Mobile or that, Verizon. I would I be know. so stoked if somebody called us from Pluto. That would be so awesome. You know what? In the tradition of Art Bell, because we are on his network, Dark Matter Digital, <laughs> I've been thinking, Crystal, and I want to get your input on this because you know you are now a third voice on this show. You are part of this show. You are part of the decision-making process of this show. Oh my so of God, course, the I'm going to yeah, it's no pressure. Okay. Now, of course, I'm going to do what I want anyway, but I want to, oh, yeah. you know, at least be nice about it and be like, hey, Crystal, what do you think? No, I okay, I'm going to do what I want. I understand. Yeah. Okay. So I wanted to get your opinion, and I thought this would be a cool idea. I know the other guy, well, I don't know what the other guy's thinking, but who cares? Anyway, I think you would be the per- perfect person to ask. I think we should get a second number. And this should be for alien abductees, UFO contactees, and real, you know, people that have had these things happen to them and have that be just the number for those people to call in okay from that line so when we get a call from that line we know exactly you know what it's about and we could just you know switch everything to that caller and we could advertise that number as just for those people if they want to call us when they're not when we're not on the air they can call that line right we take their story and maybe develop that into a show i think that's a really cool idea i think Maybe that why we have that number open while we're on air, it might be an idea to toss around that maybe screening those calls. I, I've been listening to some show archives and I've been really pleased with the amount of callers that you guys get and the quality of those calls. So I want to say that pretty good, right? Pretty 10, good. You guys yep. get really good callers, right? But there's always that guy who's drunk. He's listening to Skywatcher's radio. He's like, I got abducted by aliens. No, you didn't. You know, so it <laughs> might be an idea like maybe, maybe. Maybe try it without and see how it goes, but just wanted to throw that out there that you might want to screen those calls. Just, just because mm, we've got like yeah. we've got a really good. It's a, I think this is a very serious type of show, and you know there's a healthy level of discernment on this show and intelligence and skepticism, all the kinds hold of on, things you need. When I'm sorry, seriousness, intelligence. Have you been listening to Skywatchers Radio? Yeah, yeah. Like I mean, like in, in like five minute increments in between. There's like that makes sense. Yeah, out of like two yes. hours, there's at least ten minutes of it. Like maybe like nine and a half, but whatever. You know, the that's point pretty is, good timing. I know. I thought that was pretty good. So yeah. <laughs> that's how our audience listens, and if you're good enough, you might become a member of the of the cast here. This is true. This is true. <laughs> All I right, think, guys. I think break we should bring the other guy back in because i feel very bad for him i, I think the other him. yeah the other guy right now is pulling the last hairs he has on his head and they're not many and they're, okay. they're just he's pulling all of these suckers out right now he wants to get back on this really badly i know i think you guys are really gonna, really bad you guys need to hug you guys need to hug it out and then we're gonna have a, a virtual hug well you know he is my hetero radio life mate yeah <laughs> i read a book that can help y'all <laughs> <laughs> It's funny when uh, you got on the call tonight. You were like, "You guys sound like a married couple." 
They do. They are like, you guys, yeah. you just got to hear them before we get on air and we're all like professional or not professional. Yeah, it's great. It's amazing. Yeah, it's, it's hysterical. And of course, I'm the battered wife. Yeah. You are the battered wife. You are the Jesus. <laughs> so terrible. Guys, I'm going to go cry now for about five minutes. Uh, we'll be back. Stick around. This is Skywatchers Radio with myself, Crystal Storm, and maybe, just maybe, the other guy. The other guy. I love the other we'll guy. We'll be right in London, and I've been proud to bear this name all my life. Over here in the UK, I'm known as a broadcast journalist. I've been involved in some of the big stories of our time. The fall of the Berlin Wall. The death of Princess Diana. I told London about that. And on the first and second anniversaries of 9-11, I was there at Ground Zero, speaking to the people who were directly involved and those experiences I will never forget. So news is my thing. But my great love is my show, the one that I produce, The Unexplained. Over the years on this show, I've spoken to people like the late Al Bielik from the Philadelphia Experiment, Edgar Mitchell, the amazing Apollo astronaut, Dr. Stephen Greer, David Icke, and Uri Geller. People like Richard C. Hoagland have become personal friends over the years. I met him in London. So you can see that these sort of topics are what I like to discuss. Please join me on my show from London. The Unexplained, Monday nights on the Dark Matter Network. Imagine no longer being tied down to your computer, but having the freedom to take live talk radio with you anywhere you go. TalkStream Live introduces our first ever iPhone application. The talk shows you follow now follow you. And your iPhone is now the fastest and easiest way to stay connected to the best talk radio on the Internet. Listen to live talk shows 24 hours a day, seven days a week. Mobile talk radio from TalkStream Live. Now available in the iTunes App Store. This is James Swagger, host of Capricorn Radio. I'm also an author, engineer, and researcher. Capricorn Radio covers alternative history, alternative science, philosophy, and truth-oriented discussions. We are proud to be on the Dark Matter Radio Network, live at 8pm Saturdays, Eastern Standard Time. You can catch extra info on darkmatterradio.net, jameswagger.com for yours truly, CapricornMembers.com for the archives. Don't forget, truth is not democratic. Truth is truth. The UFO phenomenon, either we like it or not, is already very much part of our reality. I've been on panels with uh, military people who, you know, claim that they've seen the aliens buzzing our missile silos. They have very large eyes, and, you know, I found their stare extremely difficult to bear. This is Martin Willis, the host of Podcast UFO, and we are here on the Dark Matter Radio Network every Wednesday from 8 p.m. to 10 p.m. Eastern Standard Time. It is my commitment to bring you an entertaining weekly show that takes a hard look at the UFO phenomena. Are they extraterrestrial? Well, are they interdimensional? Are they time travelers or something we have not even thought of yet? We explore these questions with interesting guests and witnesses from all around the globe. In addition, we bring you weekly UFO news with Open Minds TV, Alejandro Rojas. 
Thank you for listening, and remember, keep your eyes to the sky. Put a team of professional consultants behind your home or business computer with key information solutions, providing solutions to your internet and computing needs while keeping you on the cutting edge of technology, preventative maintenance and networking support, hardware and custom built computers. Let key information solutions be your personal tech staff for your home or office with affordable hourly, monthly, or annual rates to fit anyone's budget. Call key information solutions now. 954-973-3374. That's 954-973-3374. Or visit keyinformation.com. Hello, my name is Howard Hughes, and I'm in London, and I've been proud to bear this name all my life. Over here in the UK, I'm known as a broadcast journalist. I've been involved in some of the big stories of our time. The fall of the Berlin Wall. The death of Princess Diana. I told London about that. And on the first and second anniversaries of 9-11, I was there at Ground Zero, speaking to the people who were directly involved and those experiences I will never forget. So news is my thing. But my great love is my show, the one that I produce, The Unexplained. Over the years on this show, I've spoken to people like the late Al Bielik from the Philadelphia Experiment, Edgar Mitchell, the amazing Apollo astronaut, Dr. Stephen Greer, David Icke, and Uri Geller. People like Richard C. Hoagland have become personal friends over the years. I met him in London. So you can see that these sort of topics are what I like to discuss. Please join me on my show from London, The Unexplained, Monday nights on the Dark Matter Network. Live on Skywatchers Radio on, of course, the Dark Matter Digital Network and PSN Radio. We're jamming out to Airplane by the Vase Brothers. Love that track. Airplane. Yeah, baby. Love that song. Now, of course, this is the best segment of the show. The best segment on this network. True. The Nancy Burns Experience. And we're going to go over some news with Miss Nancy Burns. And I see you've addressed the awful imbalance of female. Look, we have two girls and two boys right now. Right. I also feel like, Jackal, you need to give her a very cool intro. She doesn't have, I think, you need, you know, with like some sounds and some music. I tried that. No, see, I tried that once. And then she like ruined it. She was like, he's going to play like a funny clip of the cage. And I was like, (laughs) it was was supposed to be like. Well, hold on. Is is there like over sounds from Bella Haven that we go? Oh, yeah. Hold hold on. Hold on. Is that that the other guy speaking? Is the other guy. Yes. (laughs) I've returned. I've returned. 
due to Welcome. technical difficulties of where I am, as everybody knows, who has been listening to the show for a good long time, I do travel a lot, and sometimes I'm in the middle of BFE. Yeah. Or, don't spell well, that out. Don't say that. No, no, no. I'm not going to. I'm yeah, not going good, to. Good I'm in the middle. Sometimes I'm in the Google middle of nowhere, getting get getting ready to be abducted because that's how far in the woods and the sticks I am. Yes, he likes <laughs> so, sticks and woods. Yeah, it, it, it was, far, it was he a likes, bad joke. He likes sticks and woods far up there. Yeah. There it is. See, that's yeah, it. That's it. Right, yep. you saw you saw it coming, Crystal. Huh? And it's just going okay. downhill from there. That's where it goes. Completely. Just, that's that's and how it's it goes, a roller coaster yeah. of fun. Let me tell you, <laughs> it's going downhill in a roller coaster of fun. Well, I'm glad it only took you 29 minutes to get your audio stuff uh, fixed this time. That's well, a it, good time. Well, it's not my you. fault. Good it's job. the neighborhood I'm in. You know, they had just had Next really bad week, service. Seth, I will call you 30 minutes before the show, and I will tell you how you sound. How about that? Thank you, Crystal, and that's <laughs> coming Thank from you. Alan. Thanks, good Crystal, call. and that's coming from Alan there. Okay. Yeah. Yes, yes. He On the show, he's Alan. Oh, sorry. Sorry. But well, soon we're going to have Seth Showstack, and then we're going to get to say the name Seth. Showstack a lot, Seth. I know. Okay. It's, Showstack. It's, it's such a prettier name than Alan. I don't mean to like mess up your flow here, guys, but like really. It's all good. It's you okay. Know? Like if you had to choose, not gonna your hold name, against you. Like that really you know, with Alan. <laughs> well, Seth? well, when, when I announce the movie that I'm working on to the general public, I'm gonna be doing it under my first name as opposed to my middle name. Uh, uh, well, then we should which, start calling you Seth now. I'm yes. so, such well, a I want to say everybody knows that at this point. Alan. Okay, fine. True. <laughs> well, only the, only the regulars. Only the regulars. We don't know how many new listeners are tuning <laughs> in this started. time because of because Thousands. of what we have coming up. You know who comes after us. You know. Here's the thing. Here's the thing, Alan. Seth, yes. Whatever. Yeah. Here's the thing. <laughs> All right. If you're gonna promote your stuff on this show, you know, especially these movie ideas and the stuff you're working on, yeah, your name is gonna be there anyway. And if people have been listening to this show, they've probably you know followed you or followed me on Facebook. They've seen your page. They know your name by now. We've dropped it a couple times. Let's okay. Yeah. True. That's right. It's, it's like so. what's his name that does the Schnitt show, and his real name is AJ something or other. Right. But everybody knows him as Schnitt. Right, but you know, it's funny though because the one thing I did like about having him call himself Alan, which is his middle name, his name is Seth Allen, that's his real name. Uh, the reason actually I thought it was a cool idea is because we have the a hole blast, so it'll be the double a holes. So you know, I thought that was kind of name was secret because I would have just blown that up. See, see, I, that wasn't in my memo. That wasn't in my new host memo. I should, I should have put that in the memo. I his that was yeah. What's that what was stuff rule, about, rule number thirty four? No, was that no? Oh, we're okay. we're gonna make that rule number thirty four just for you. I'm gonna squeeze another rule in there so we have to up the rules. I got my tinfoil hat. Well, hold on, hold on. Don't forget Camera. if you, there yeah. actually really is an existing already internet rule thirty four, and if you don't know it, Google it, folks. Um. Yeah. Mm. Is it nasty? Alan dropping clues. Uh-oh. Yeah. Uh oh. Wait. I want to know now. Uh, hold on. Now. Crystal's now. Crystal's now typing it up. Do, do, I, do, 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 I googled <laughs> Crystal Storm already, and I found <laughs> nothing but lovely stuff. So it, I've been uh, on a movie. Listening to Crystal laugh. I guess she got her Google answer. <laughs> well, yes. I was laughing at Nancy first. Now I'm. Oh, wait. It popped right up. Hang on. I, I have to read it to see before I can tell you if I can read it on the show. I don't believe that I can read this on the show. <laughs> I believe that if anybody can you can you censor it while you're saying it? Or? It is a generally accepted internet rule that states that. Um, <laughs> you could say that word. Rated, I can say that word. Okay, so pornography or yeah, that's cool. Okay, sexually related material exists right, right. for any conceivable subject. Like any. that's what she said. <laughs> 
<laughs> that's what I'm saying. The, that's it. Turns turns out there is some alien abduction ones too. Uh, uh, of course there yeah, is. Interesting. Obviously. Not to mention crop circle ones. Not I, to mention. I'm not surprised. That's not more of them. You know. I, I actually. No, <laughs> I'm not gonna make that joke. I'm not. Okay. Okay. So Nancy, what do we have as the news today? Well, that's a really good question. I believe that I bring to you news tonight from Angel. Yes. Angel has not the news. Not from Angel, but from Angel. Okay. Indeed. Indeed. Oh, from an angel. Not this angel here. Okay, another angel. Good. From an angel. No, no, no. From yourself. I believe you Me? have. I believe you have something that we must talk about. Wait a second. That just sounds like you're passing the buck. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> she really, really slick, too. She was like, Didn't you have like a right zombie? Yeah, you saw that, Crystal? Like, that was. She came out. She, she was like, I have a zombie story. You know, like, I did have awesome. a zombie story. I did have a zombie story. And it's basically that in the same vein as the War of the Worlds story. Right? right? I'm right, trying to right. find it. Uh -huh. um, wait one second. I'm trying to find it. I lost it. Uh, it's here someplace. <laughs> it might be more. <laughs> so sad. I do that all the time. I, I have, have good news. Wanted the good Where did it go? <laughs> but I can't get it on my web browser again. I had good news. Okay, what it is is that uh, there was a news report that zombies had taken over a town. Zombie news report. And people believed it and started to call 911 and stuff. Oh news God. report. <laughs> That's all. I thought you guys would just love that because it's a zombie story. I'm not calling 911 if there are zombies. That's like the last thing I'm calling if there's mm. actually zombies. I, you know, I'm calling all my yeah. people. I'm calling like Jackal. You know, I'm calling Alan. You know, some of my other friends to let them know that the zombies are here. Yeah, but there's no up on the planet that actually, on any level, believes in the in the concept of a zombie, right? Oh, Except I believe in the concept of a zombie. Absolutely. Mm -hmm. There's zombies in actual, you know, nature. You're talking it's about actually, a horrible, horrible drug, where they give you that drug and it's you're down. No, and not the not the brew, not the brujaria, whatever the hell that is. There's Ooh, actually, that's a lot of phlegm coming out of your mouth there, son. <laughs> Excuse me. Don't forget, the Jewish New Year is next weekend. You, that's next right. Week. That's right. Next yeah. Monday. So yeah, we will awesome. not be on the air. We will not be live next Monday. I I just found out today as we were lining up our guests. Why is Bill Jewish? <laughs> yes. Yeah. Uh, what is the holiday? It's Rosh Hashanah or something? Rosh, it's Rosh. Jewish oh. New Year. Yes. Yes. That's right. I, I have Rosh one of my best Hashanah. friends is Jewish too. Thank you for saying it correctly because I always say it wrong and she gets really offended and I try and not I to be offended. Yes. <laughs> I, 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 I could honestly say it with an Israeli accent too. Uh, oh yeah. Without offending people, so if you need do that. it. I doubt oh. that. Uh, doubt it, it is. How do you say Rosh Hashanah? Rosh. Nice. Right, everybody who wants to complaint, uh, send your complaint emails to Alan at skywatchersradio.com. That's or right. Seth. Or Seth. <laughs> no, there is no Seth email there. Sorry, no. <laughs> that doesn't exist, but thanks for trying. Uh, so, so that's the totality of the zombie story. There's a zombie report. Well, I did look on UFOs on Reddit. I looked at, you know, where does one go for news nowadays? I went to Art Bell. Open though. Minds, Art Bell, I mean, yeah, UFO Digest, Above Black Vault, Top Vault, Secret, uh, the Black there's Vault. There's a lot of great places. In fact, if you guys look at the uh, Skype there, I sent you the uh, Facebook page for Skywatchers Radio. The, all the links are on there now. of the stories that we're going to go over real quick. Uh, <laughs> people who are listening who want to follow along with us, go to uh, Facebook. That one I love. Stonehenge. I do love that one. Yeah, that's a good story. Yeah, that's a great uh, for, Oh, the the second, the larger yeah. Stonehenge. Let me can get you there, guys explain can I, where the second real quick is? Can, I mean, have uh, you we'll, read we'll it? It's a, it's a couple of miles south. We shall get there. Hold on one second. Once again, let me finish. 
everybody who's listening, go to Facebook.com right now. Go to Facebook.com forward slash Skywatchers Radio so you can follow right, along. We're there. Go we're there. There you go. That's right. Be there. Took me a couple minutes to get that out. That was good. Anywho, uh, first story. Uh, you guys want to go over the Stonehenge uh, 2 found? Yeah. Let's do oh. it. I love Stonehenge. Now, this is, uh, of course, posted right over on artbell.com. It says, for centuries, Stonehenge has mystified and enraptured archaeologists and visitors. So maybe it's not surprising that another monumental wonder from prehistory has been overlooked for so long, even though it's just a mile away. Okay, well, look at the illustrations. And can you guys verbally describe where the new ones are? I it's think a mile it's the away. feet of Easter Island. <laughs> I really think it's. I think it's the feet from Easter yeah. Island. What you did there, Jackal? You saw that? <laughs> does it, does exactly anybody want to comment away. if that's the feet from Easter Island, or if you that's guys the don't? Feet. No, that's the teeth, dude. That's totally the teeth. Really? I see but a guy. You don't he, see he the like smiling. No. They're the smiley face. I, don't, I can't get a full because the picture is here. Let me scroll down. I'm looking for an actual full picture of the site. Exactly. It looks like it's like there's half of the site. Exactly. So I can't see if it's a smiley face. I'm going to have to consult Google because Google knows all and see if I can find it. Now, here's my, here, here's my thing, though. I thought at this point in time, in 2015, we've already mapped out the entire planet. Google Earth has done that for crying That's out loud. not true. We have well, not mapped not out the entire planet. Things. Yeah, yeah, yeah. How, did, how did this did just you, get discovered? Did you hear they have flying dragons? They found flying dragons in the middle of... It was like of, a little baby, where little baby one. Well, the in, same in the middle thing, of guys. Nepal. Remember, they're, I mean, well, they're not really flying dragons. They're little tiny lizards with wings. Yeah, and but their dragons. primary they're like habitat. Dragons. Yeah, they're Big called uh, Icanus dracus or dracos. Yep. Yeah, but this Drac- Stonehenge is ground penetrating radar, and that's like the thing that was on uh, Richard C. Hoagland last night. The Nazi. Ah. Um, the not that you know they again ground penetrating radar. They think they have found a whole new, uh, you know. Okay. Co- Car, you know those kind of hand cars on railroad tracks, uh, full right, right, of right. Nazi gold, and they can Ooh. see it right beside the death camps, and it's in ground penetrating radar, and that's of course what they're finding around the pyramids too. It's really interesting they're finding stuff. Gold or no, 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 ground. You know that there Just are things, different caverns, exactly things. and structures yeah. and all kinds yeah. of stuff. Yeah, exactly. Well, you know, everybody's predicted that that's th- that it's there. Right, everybody, yeah, yeah. I'm sure you know, everybody from Edgar Casey to yeah, yeah, but it's great to see these photos. Absolutely, it's great for right. it to be proven. You know, everybody you know talked about Troy, then they found Troy, and it was like yep. boom, Troy. Well, and, and I wonder if this this competes at all in size with Gobekli Tepe, because I think they're mm-hmm. saying 15 feet is the biggest, the ones that are still buried, right? 15 yep. feet. Or is 15 is feet right? Stonehenge? Yeah, see, that's the thing. It's not. I'm not getting the information I want from this image. Well, here's a good here's a good quote though. It says here we're looking at one of the largest stone monuments in Europe, and it's been under our nose for some something like four thousand years. How do you miss this? How do you miss that? Yeah. Professor uh, yeah. uh, Vince Gaffney said that of the University of Bradford. Uh, he's one of the archaeologists leading the research, and he says it's truly remarkable. It's it's idiotic. That you you got to ask James Swagger. He might have some informed opinions because every time you see a mound in in this ancient part of the world, shouldn't you mm-hmm. get your ground penetrating radar out? And I think you know what I'm saying. Yeah. yeah. True story. I mean, I know Stonehenge is amazing, but this isn't that right. far. I mean, nobody walked past these big statues that are just you know what I'm saying? Like nobody just standing there and thought, "Oh wow, this like nobody just you know you know what you no 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 I don't think there. there. Nobody no, saw no, no. it. You know, Jedi think, mind tricks. 
but they no, have I don't think device, guys, they have it's like the, it's like the TARDIS. It's like they're like TARDISes. Guys, those are not <laughs> above the ground. They're in the ground still. I believe. Right. Is that what's going on? Are they yeah, they have That's, not been on yeah. Earth. This is just a, uh, a what? Some, or no, some of them, supposedly some of, the, some of it is piercing the ground. They just never noticed that it was that deep in right. and what it was. Yeah. Right. Uh, but for the most part, most of it is buried underground. Um, that's why one of the, the in the extra picture you can see the size of a person, um, which will be you know six feet, maybe six, two or three. This one's uh, plain. Well, I can't find a picture of it. Mystery. Yeah, exactly. Right, exactly. Yeah. Uh, so yeah. then you see the arrow pointing all the way up to fifteen feet, and uh, that fifteen feet, I guess, will be the entire height of the uh, of the boulder, uh, which six foot of that is buried underground. So you, the rest is sticking up, up from the uh, from the ground. So if you look at it, and I can you know when you look at it like that, you can almost say, well, okay. people maybe driving by, they can see just as rocks sitting Tombstones. there. They might I yeah. think you know they yeah. might I think, well, this could be something more important. This could be Stonehenge too, or you know they're probably just thinking, oh, it's just a bunch of rocks. That's you know? really interesting. I'd like to do more research about the area. How did they get covered? What was there? Mm-hmm. What's going on? Sandstorm. Mm-hmm. I don't know. Sandstorm. Maybe I don't know. Battles. Sadly, battles. Probably battles. Battles. Battles are pretty bad. I think. I think there's a lot of uh, burying going on after a big battle because lots and lots of bodies on the field in that part of the world. Sadly. Oh well. You know, it, you know, it could be a mass grave markers, and you know, you're yes. right. Could be. You know, yeah. bloody battlefields. Amazing you know, and- energy at that site. Then, I'd love to go walk through. Mm-hmm. I still well, want to go visit actually Stonehenge. Mm-hmm. <laughs> Absolutely. You know, I don't want to go with that's the tour on my bucket either. list. I want to go, you know, just like get a private tour or something. I don't want to go with all the tourists. I just want to like go and walk around and just touch things and just sit there and just be awed by it. Well, Bill was there at sunrise and they did do dowsing and mm-hmm. did feel the energy, even someone who's not a professional. So that was kind of oh, cool. That's got to be amazing. Oh, yeah, that's got to be okay. some great energy there. That's great. Yay. So what are, what are the news we got? What are the news we so got? So this story is good, right? Stonehenge too, but that's pretty cool. What the, what are the ramifications and you know what is uh, what are they going to find uh, with yeah. Stonehenge too? I mean, what are, what is the answers this thing Stonehenge, uh, might tell next us? Next generation, uh, right? Exactly, that's what it feels like. But there are other stories on artbelt.com and on Open Minds that we're going to go over real quick. And uh, there's one in particular I'm going to open up here, and I don't know if you guys notice what I'm doing right now. It's called Stalling for Time. Good job. <laughs> Good job. Because <laughs> my browser is acting a little bit slow. But um, here we hey, go. Hey, it ain't my fault Darn this time. You can't play me. No, no, no. Everything's your fault. Now, you yeah, get a it, Mac. it always is. <laughs> no, not at all. Check this out. Uh, this is my actually God, a very... Who said that sacrilegious word? Who That's said that sacrilegious word of that, Mac? It, it, wait, you, we got to forgive her. It's her experience today. It's an well, today was a big so. day. I missed the whole show, but... Oh, yeah. They made an interesting announcement or two. That's uh, what Bill's saying. I'll watch that later. Oh, yeah, fanboys, we're fanboys. Yes, we are. Ooh, what, what, what Ooh what giggle, giggle, yeah, giggle. Ooh, giggle, giggle. So not in the know. What's going what? What? What happened? What I missed? Oh, tell yeah, me. Tell me. What? My story can wait. Tell us. Tell us. We want to know. No. Inqui- <laughs> <laughs> Inquiring <laughs> minds must no. know. <laughs> it's a trap. It's a trap, Seth. Don't that, go there. That's a that's a blunt way to answer it. No. <laughs> that's it. That was it. <laughs> it's like I want to tell you, but I'm going to choose not to. Period at the end. How about that? Okay. <laughs> ah, goose <Right>. fraba. <laughs> yeah, I don't think it's working well for you there. No, not at all. No, no. Okay. Uh, you know when I when we started the show two years ago, I still had some hair on my head. Yeah. Well, you know, no, for Longmire fans, for Longmire fans, tonight at three o'clock in the morning, the same time that our bells finished and Richard C. Hogan starts, 
Longmire is going to be dropping the whole entire season on Netflix. Uh-oh. That's so, a very cool. great show. Oh, it's Beyondo. That really, it's really is. Good. I'm yeah. super excited, and I've never seen it. Don't yeah, know. and also I think I think it, it, I think I'm both good. you guys would like Entourage. I think in your own little way, after time has passed, you know, you both would enjoy Entourage, the series. I've watched Entourage already. Uh, okay, I like the series. Yeah, yeah. I think Angel would hooked like. on Dominion. Dominion is really good. Ooh, oh it- yeah, I, that's what I'm watching that right now. I'm watching Dark uh, Dark Matter. Yes, yeah, which I, I, it's that. ironic. Yep. Dark, yeah, Matter Dark Matter is not as good as Dominion, but it's, but it's interesting. Good. It's, you know what I like about Dark Matter though? It's it's kind of like Star Trekish, but it's not in that universe or Star Wars. It's like its own thing. Yeah. And it's completely it's original. It's, yeah. yeah, it's completely standalone. It's, its own universe. It's well, cool actually, you don't but know hold on, anything. hold on. It has a very Whedon-esque universe though. Yes. A bit. It's a very a Josh Whedon Fireflyish flavor. Where just does like Killjoy does. Where does one find both these shows? Uh, sci-fi. On sci-fi. Sci-fi, okay, yes. Cool. yes. Now, now, here's the cool part. You know, you watch Killjoys and you watch Dark Matter. It fe- very much feels like the Firefly universe, if you think about Ooh, it. Oh, my favorite in the world. I don't know. I don't know. I don't know. Okay. I, I, uh, I, I'm enjoying Dark Matter, but it almost feels like a bit of a guilty pleasure for me because I, I kind of feel like the acting is good, but it's not great. The story is good, but it's not great. But it's interesting. So I, I keep it. It's good enough to keep you hooked. Season. Yeah. <laughs> Every, let me ask you this way. Every time they changed the Doctor in Doctor Who, did it take Doctor. a little while for you to get used to the new Doctor? I am probably the only person on the planet that does not like or understand all you Whovians. Mm. Yeah, yeah she, I'm, she's all, not, I'm she's almost not, she's there not one with of you. Us. I'm almost there. <laughs> you damn you all to hell. That's all. Hey, I'm no, wait, hold on, hold on, hold on, Nancy. You, you were hold on. You were into Doctor I Who. I started, but there. I couldn't get. But but let me ask you about Dominion and Dark Matter. Which where are we on the arc with both shows? Beginning. Well, Dominion. Middle? Well, if anybody hasn't watched it, Dominion. Uh, for those of you listening, is based on the movie Dominion that came out like uh, ten based years ago. Legion. Uh, Legion. Based on Legion, where. Basically, um, God basically said uh, literally to hell with Earth and all the angels, good and bad, said, you know what? Let's pillage the place. No. No, he's got the whole story wrong. God <laughs> left Yeah, that's heaven. normal. Yes, you yeah. totally mess it up, other guy. God left oh, I'm, I'm trying to purposely and, not give and... <laughs> all the way the spoilers. <laughs> it's not a spoiler. This is like, you could just, this is not, okay, this is not a spoiler. I probably it's a synopsis of the show, Exactly. Man. God leaves heaven, the angels right, right. get mad and blame humans Typical. for God leaving heaven. So the angels come down to earth and say, screw you humans. If we get rid of y'all, God will come back. So they wage uh-huh. humanity. Is basically what happens. Michael, okay. being the cool archangel, helps us out. And, and where that's, that's, in the story is this sort of season one or season, season two? Season one, uh, we're at episode nine no, or ten, I believe. Um, yeah, so, no, no, season two. I'm, I'm season right. two. Season cool. two, season two. Episode nine or ten. We're on right now, which is. Yeah, I so actually had an end. argument with someone on Bitten the other day. Has anybody watched Bitten? No. No. Okay. I've been thinking it, about it, but I haven't yet. It's it's like uh, Vampire Diaries, but with werewolves light. Okay. The um, Vampire Diaries was good for the first two seasons, and then it tanked. And on Dark Matter, is, does it have any relation to the old-timey Dark Matter? There was quite a few other series and movies. 
No, 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 no. It's it's completely standalone. Yeah, and it's it's really, really good. I like it. It's it's a really good series. And and again, where are we on the park? Is it first season, I hope? First season. Yeah, I think the first season just ended recently, right? Yeah, and this is the last season of Continuum, if anybody follows it. Oh, ah, that's sad. This is the last season. It's only going to be six episodes, and I'm so upset about that. Um, I hear oh, though that I started the- watching that, and then I stopped. Me too. You know, Me too. While I was at Dragon Con this weekend, for those of you that watched Defiance, uh, there's been a lot of chatter that even though they try, they're ending it, there's been a lot of chatter about it, and there's been enough people petitioning and arguing and begging and pleading for a fourth season. Mm, I don't know if anybody. Sorry, I was at Dragon Con and I no, and that's where people. Netflix comes in. Netflix yeah. listens, yeah. I think. Absolutely, I really Netflix yeah. carries over. Lo and right. behold, the holy Netflix will carry over. Yeah, yeah. that reminds it's me. If anybody Netflix. has heard, <laughs> here's your childhood flashback. Obviously, everybody knows that Galaxy Quest is getting its own series on Netflix. Right, right, right. Right, right. But right. have you heard the last Starfighter is coming? Yes, oh. I heard that. Oh my. God, I was so excited when I heard that. But it's going to be like what? Uh, th- it, it's going to be uh, virtual reality, or what are they doing exactly? That's I'm not sure exactly how they're doing it, but they're doing it. Um, oh yeah. That's that's the only answer that I could give you right now. Um, I don't know anything directly on the uh, on the process of what's going on, hmm. but as soon as I know, I will happily let you know because See, I, because of what I'm doing. I mean, I guess I could sort of well. I want to out. I want to tell you guys what spoilers. I'm spoilers. What, what I'm doing in the film industry, but I can't really tell you. Not yet. Not yet. Not almost. Yet. Almost. But you know, um, uh, it's I don't almost know. there. The Sizzler trailers are already up and running Uh-oh. on the net, and and above and beyond that, I actually just sat with the creative Ren and Stimpy this weekend. Oh wow! As really? well as uh, as well as Frylock from uh, Aquatine Hunger Force. Are the Ren and Stimpy people still completely crazy? Yeah, like, <laughs> <laughs> they, they, they ha- they're a little off center. How about we? How about we just that? See, you you <laughs> really impress me though. You'd really impress me though when you get the creators of uh, like the uh, Pinky and the Brain show. That was like the greatest uh, cartoon ever made. Was, yeah, ever. It was amazing. Actually, I, I actually I was hanging out with Rob Paulson, who does the voice of Pinky as well too. And no kidding. Also, I was hanging out with Goofy. It's like, oh, gosh. And, uh, it, Does it, he talk like that in person also or behind the scenes or well, just we actually, a character? He actually <laughs> sat on a panel where they people at gosh. the attendees were asking questions and they had to answer it in the character's voice. That's hilarious. <laughs> so it was Goofy, Frylock, um, Commander Shepard from hmm. not Halo but Mass Effect, mm-hmm. Pinky, um, and a couple of others, and I'm telling you, it was it was brilliant the way they answered it, and, and just regaled us with stories of being in the sound booth and the bloopers and stuff that happened, and it, it was really a fun thing. Not I'm to mention, so I got to see half right the cast. Yeah, I got to hang with the cast of some of the cast of Battlestar Galactica. And, what? Who did you uh, hang out with? Tell uh, me right now. I was hanging out with Aaron Douglas and a couple of the other guys and girls from the show. Uh, I was hanging out with uh, some of the Bitten cast uh, just for a little bit. Uh, I saw Graham Greene. I was talking with him. He was actually really cool to hang with uh, for a couple of minutes. He just had to sign autographs for people. Uh, but I asked him if he wanted to be in my other film project that's going to be coming out called Dances with Werewolves. And he <laughs> laughed at it, and it's like, you know something? Hmm. That sounds like something I would have fun making a cameo in. 
So yeah. I want to be in that. Yeah, you make uh, that happen. You make that happen. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Well, like this generation Sharknado. Yes. Well, <laughs> um, I, I want to send you guys that little sneak peek on the trailer to make you snicker and giggle. Uh, we'll mm. do that after the show is over tonight, and I'll get your opinions on what you're what you're gonna see. And, Yay! Um, or actually, when do we go to the next break? We're a couple of minutes away from that. We're a few, a few minutes from break. Uh, you know, real quick, since we're, since we're talking about movies, yeah. did you hear uh, who just got cast in uh, in Star Wars Rogue One? Oh yeah, what's his name? Scarface uh, Hannibal? No. No, Scarface. No, he plays Mads Mikkelsen. Yeah, the, the guy who played Hannibal Lecter on the TV yeah, series. Yeah, I'm sorry. I call him Scarry Face, Scarry Face, because that's what his face looks like. He oh looks like. Lord, he, is it December he looks, yet? Why isn't it December yet? You know, the, okay. you know what the rumor. You know what the rumor character though that he's playing, and this. Yes, I do. Yeah, when I, I when I, I, I when I read it, I was like, oh my god, please let it be true. Please let it be true. Who 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 who? He's playing supposedly Star Killer. What? Which is of what? course uh, Vader's apprentice. That's Vader's. Yes, that which would is be based. Amazing. What? Which is the character that's based on uh, the what? unleashed video game? Exactly. Holla! That would be amazing would to be see amazing. on the big screen, and he is a, a, a phenomenal actor. I'm so sad that the Hannibal Lecter show got canceled. It was a great series. Was that really good? I it wanted it. Yeah, I'm a huge fan of Hannibal. I love the books. I loved all the movies. So I might have to check it out. Yeah, I mean, and the way they're ending it, uh, they they did uh, get up to the Red Dragon story, so they kind of left it there, which is kind of cool. I hope they that do cool. TV movies or miniseries later on, because yeah. <laughs> it was a really good series. He's, he's awesome as Hannibal Lecter. I mean, you know, like when you watch the original series, Anthony Hopkins, yeah, he's scary, he's Hannibal, but, you know, he has like that grandfatherly look to him, so you're not really as terrified. I don't want to be in the same room with this Hannibal Lecter. Like, Mads mm. Hannibal Lecter is a scary dude. Just like is the way he? he looks, acts. I'm going to have menacing. to check it out. He was awesome. I think he's honestly the best Hannibal Lecter. Shoot me. I know. A lot wow, of that. that's serious. That's. I know the, a lot of people are like, oh, no, Anthony, how can you say that, Anthony Hopkins? No, no, Anthony, no. I thought Sorry. Anthony Hopkins was pretty scary as Hannibal Lecter. He was awesome. Yeah, was Anthony great, Hopkins but didn't. But it, he's not as good Mads as it rubs fabulous. the lotion. That's true. <laughs> it rubs the lotion. Oh, but that was and Buffalo it's Bill. sunblock. It rubs but that was the Buff- lotion. Yeah, but that was Buffalo Bill. That wasn't. And still, in my opinion, the best adaptation of book to movie ever was Silence of the Lambs. Absolutely. Oh, no, no, no. I, I think best. some of the born. I, no, I think maybe some born book to, book to movie adaptions came over rather well. Really? There was actually books about born. Yeah, yeah, they were. They were oh, yeah, 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 yeah. Oh, yeah. Oh, yeah. The mo- the movies were better than the books. Oh, yeah. yeah. Well, really? That's sad. Yeah. That's sad. Yeah, because I mean, that's think about sad it. Sad state of affairs when the Born is an action story. There's a lot of fighting and chasing. I mean, that, that doesn't read very well in the book. Really? He's yeah. running from terrorists. He's fighting the terrorists. He's punching the terror. Okay, that's great. Really? Give me some drama. Give me some actual dialogue. Yeah, you, know, you. Yeah, that's what the book is for. Like delve deep into the character. What is right? I gotta write everything myself. Like what is going? You on? do. Well, you're great. By the way, did we ever get through all the news pieces before we go? No, to- there, no, there is actually digress. one more. Yeah, we digress. We have five minutes before we go on break. So there is another story that I wanted to get to because this is a really weird story. It's on Artbell.com. Okay, hold on. Here right we go. How weird is it? <laughs> it's very, very weird. Very weird. This pig is filling a little Ew. blue. Yeah, I hate this one. Ooh, hate this one. Pig is a blue. <laughs> Nancy doesn't like blue pigs. Look, she I does can. not. Why is this? And you know, it, blue? it's funny because I just watched an episode of uh, of, of Doctor Who uh, yesterday with my nephew, mm-hmm. and uh, we were watching the one uh, which is on Eccleston's uh, Chris Eccleston's uh, first season as the right. Doctor, the one where the aliens invade, and there's a big giant pig running around, and he's like, ar, 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 like screaming like a pig, and they shoot him. Mm. And then I read this story, and I'm like. 
well, maybe Doctor Who's onto something. <laughs> yeah, this is really bacon. terrible. This is and I'm wow. living on bacon. I'm sorry. That's not I'm good. I'm a vegetarian. Nancy. I like this. Yeah, yeah so. you'll like you'll then you'll like, you you'll like the story a little more than someone who's living on bacon. Yeah. Something has made the fat of this pig a, a, a horrible fluorescent yeah. blue. That's crazy. Yeah. Now and, it says here. It says, look. It says, my in-laws live on a ranch in Morgan Hill, California, mm-hmm. and they shot a wild pig on it. They thought a normal. They thought it was a normal pig until they cut it open. When they cut into it, like you said, it was fluorescent blue. Mm-hmm. Now, the fat on the pig is literally fluorescent blue. This is crazy. Now, yeah. what yeah. in the world would? And it's you can see well, red parts you know, of the, you've of the got, fat. You've also. got that radar. That radar cloud coming over. Where is Morgan, California? What trade winds coming from Japan? That might be Fukushima. Fukushima. Oh man! You know, in, in about fifty years, you're gonna have pigs that are talking and walking like humans, and that's all because of that. Oh my yeah. God! It'll be like we're in Narnia. That would be awesome. That would be kind of cool, actually. I think you're really no, no, no. It's not gonna be Narnia, folks. It's gonna be Animal Farm. Okay. Now it says here everything else uh, on the pig was normal. The meat, blood, etc. The only weird part was the blue fat throughout the body. I still would not eat that. If I, I, like if I, if I'm, if I'm, you know, if I wasn't instead a of the farmer having some fun with the pig, I think maybe the predator had some fun. with Probably. I don't know what happened what there. But do you, look, do you mean by had some fun? What do you mean? You don't, Nancy, you don't want to go there right now. Yeah, we'll let's not go there. Rule thirty-four. <laughs> rule. 34. <laughs> yeah, Nancy. Rule 34. So, you know, think you about know, this, that's, though. That's the new stuff, folks. It's Batsquatch and Rule 34. Before we go on break, I want to ask you guys, uh, all of you, would you eat bacon off of this pig? Depends. Depends. Well, Nancy sends the pants. I primarily try and keep kosher, uh, I'll pass on that answer. <laughs> well, that's, yeah, that's true. negatory. Nah, yeah. no. I mean, negatory Ghost Rider. That's really? a negatory Ghost Rider. So I think we only have one brave soul on this panel right yeah, now. But the Nancy other news story that I didn't bring is about the nano, uh, the nano particles that they're considering putting in your breakfast cereal. Oh, so, see, that would have been a great story. You wait that for like the last two minutes yeah. of the other uh, second. That's great. What? Oh my gosh. What? Yeah, it's really bad. It's really bad. It's um, it's one of those stories where you have to pay pay to finish reading it. So I didn't pay. Uh, but it's simply that the um, <laughs> that the uh, cereal industry has hired people who work. You know, you know what the nanotechnology is all about, right? Of right. course, yeah. The concept. Well, they're putting nanoparticles into your breakfast cereal. It's only wow. a matter of time. You don't have to worry about getting getting chipped. You'll be eating the You'll chips. You'll be eating the it chips. exactly. That's wow. Yeah. You know, you if it's folks... not GMOs, is these little nano things, and this is why the zombie apocalypse is going to happen. This is why. <laughs> yeah, yeah. Well, if it's not GMOs, it's about nanos. the zombie apocalypse, uh, and it being happening in the natural world. Um, in truth, there's actually a zombie ant that uh, and zombie bees. Uh, I've read that about these. You've yeah. read about the bees. Yeah, there's a parasite that actually can get into a bee's, as now it appears, an ant's brain. That basically turns them into zombies and where they just totally attack each other and try to replicate. Wow. Well, with that, folks, we're going to break. (laughs) That just ruined my evening. It's got to be right back. (laughs) 
Put a team of professional consultants behind your home or business computer with key information solutions. Providing solutions to your internet and computing needs while keeping you on the cutting edge of technology. Preventative maintenance and networking support. Hardware and custom built computers. Let key information solutions be your personal tech staff for your home or office with affordable hourly, monthly, or annual rates to fit anyone's budget. Call Key Information Solutions now. 954-973-3374. That's 954-973-3374. Or visit keyinformation.com. Imagine no longer being tied down to your computer, but having the freedom to take live talk radio with you anywhere you go. TalkStream Live introduces our first ever iPhone application. The talk shows you follow now follow you. And your iPhone is now the fastest and easiest way to stay connected to the best talk radio on the Internet. Listen to live talk shows 24 hours a day, 7 days a week. Mobile talk radio from TalkStream Live. Now available in the iTunes App Store. Roswell, UFOs, flying saucers, alien abduction, are we alone? Information regarding this and many other questions about the unknown are only a click away at www.theufostore.com. Theufostore.com offers hundreds of DVDs about UFOs, aliens, crop circles, conspiracies, Bigfoot, suppressed science, ancient mysteries. Log on to www.theufostore.com and request a free UFO store catalog. Theufostore.com, the largest selection of UFO products on the Internet. Here's a riddle for you. What do the California gold rush of the 1850s, secret societies, coded messages, mysterious 19th century flying machines, and an early 20th century outside artist named Charles A.A. A. Delshaw all have in common? The Secrets of Delshaw by Dennis Crenshaw and Pete Navarro. Go to www.secretsofdelshaw.com to learn more. All right, everybody, we're back on Skywatchers Radio again on the Dark Matter Digital Network. And, of course, as always, the one and only PSN Radio. And with us now is the one and the only. You know, like, we have a lot of guests that have been on the show for the last couple of years. And before this show was on Dark Matter, we had about 100 guests that were on the show. And none of them are more fun to have on, more exciting to have on. You know, just more down-to-earth to speak to than the one who's on with us right now. The one, the only, Mr. Robert Morningstar of our favorite website ever, UFO Digest. Thank you for being back Ooh, on the show, yay! sir. Thank you. It's always a pleasure to be here. We can't and skip you, taking a bow, but that's what he's doing. I, I'll tell you what. This is the most excited these two have ever been. Yes. <laughs> yes. I'm so excited. Yeah, absolutely. <laughs> <laughs> 
Now, of course, everybody knows your background. You are, of course, a uh, you are a civilian intelligence analyst and, of course, a psychotherapist in the big city of New York. You yep. do a lot of these radio programs. You talk about psychology, and you, of uh-huh. course, talk about UFOs and all things paranormal and JFK. That's one of our yes. favorite topics. Yep. And you haven't been on for a little bit here. It's been a little time since we last had you on. You yep. sound great, by the way. Thank you. It's uh, I'm feeling great. It's one of the best summers that I've had in years, and um. You, you, in tip-top shape. You, you could tell in the voice that you just sound like you're doing yes, business. Yes, I just had a great show. Uh, you guys called me during another radio program, and I was going yes, a little bonkers <laughs> trying to figure out who wanted me for 11 o'clock because somebody said Dark Matters Radio, and I said, and I called Dark Matters, and I was like, no, it's not us. I go, who is trying to find me? Oh, no, so, so you called uh, Don Eckers? Yeah, I did. I talked to Don. And we had a nice chat, and we said, "Well, I can imagine this conversation." Don, I'm, I'm on your show tonight, right? No, no, no. I, I'm very tactful. Were you trying to reach me earlier this evening? <laughs> very formal, but he's no, it's totally, it's totally very, my fault. Very professional man. I, and, uh, I was very happy to make contact. Well, it's been quite a year. Uh, it's uh, quite a summer. It has. I've been really busy and doing a lot of things. So where do you want to pick? And Seth, thank you for finding that UFO in the Nikon pictures the last time oh, we were on. Was is that an amazing, amazing shot or what? Well, not only was it an amazing shot, it was the hit at the end of the show that I did. Uh, I did a lecture in California. You remember I was getting ready for the Secret Space Right, 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 right. Well, yeah. You know, both Robert, do me a favor. Slightly move the mic away from your mouth just a little bit because it's popping a lot when you're, okay. when you're speaking. Okay, let me see. How's that? Yeah, how, how'd it go over? Did I get credit for it? Did you plug oh, our I, show? I gave you credit. I give you credit now. Uh, for the audience that wasn't listening that night, we were having mm-hmm. a, real, uh, uh, a real brainstorm. And yep, Seth yep. discovered during the middle of a show... Uh, well, I discovered it. Uh, I, I discovered it about a couple of years ago when I bought a cam- that exact right. model camera, and I hit the review page, and I actually sent it out to a couple of other people, uh-huh. but no one would comment on it or give me an idea or a heads up on it on what they thought about it. Well, so, it was a remarkable photo. Two photos, actually, and out of the, out of the roll of five, and there were two that really the- do stand out. One looked like a UFO coming down uh, out of orbit and then taking a flight over San Francisco. And it was just a coincidence that San Francisco was the site of the, um, of the conference. And after we had had all of these technical problems on stage that were driving me, uh, you know, feeling like Mr. Hoover and Mr. Murphy had shown up. <laughs> you know, that's what I say when things can go wrong. It's either Mr. Hoover or Mr. Murphy, and I thought they both showed up. But anyway, uh, it just happened that at the end of the lecture, as I was uh, trying to sum everything up, I hit a hit the button, and there was the picture that uh, we had downloaded that night. And I right. said. Well, folks, everybody asks, where are the UFOs? Take a look at this. They're right over our heads. And it was a very, very good way to end the program. You what, can see did people it on, comment? Uh, have people analyzed those photos? I mean, what's uh, the No, story? we haven't. Actually, they were more, more interested in the, in the really wild stuff that I found on the moon. Oh, fine. Just like throw them to the curtain. <laughs> Sorry. <laughs> Okay. I'm, interested. I'm interested. I'll bring it up because I'm the editor moon of UFO. Wins. Nights, you know, so moon wins. I am, uh, I am honoring you every time. Thank you for, for that lucky find. 
All right. Well, so, you're you're welcome. There you go. I'll just say so you're humble. welcome. Yeah, I'm, I'm, I'm humble about it. I, I just wish that someone would analyze those photos and tell me does it conform to anything that we should know about or anything that's anything that's out there. Well, I think it conforms to some a lot of things that we don't know about. But it's not <laughs> well, a helicopter. It's not an airliner. Mm-hmm. It's consi- consistent in its shape. It's kind of lozenge shaped at one angle. It has. Red lights on top. It's kind of a golden color. Very unusual. Very I want to unusual. see this picture. And it's two photographs. It's not just one. That's it, it's a couple of them. It's more than two, actually, because they were taken with, um, you know, it, it's really interesting that they took it at di- – the whole thing was is that they took it at different speeds. Um, mm-hmm. This guy was testing his camera um, at night over the San Francisco horizon and uh, the guy who took the photo- photograph had no idea what was in it, right? Until I brought it so to his attention, happens. and yeah, and he just it put it up happens. on the net, and it's like, wow. Yeah. Now, when was that episode? That was back in January, right? When we was it that far back? Yeah, I think so. That well, was in January. I was I was thinking that for our interaction, it was around May, I believe, of uh, last year, May of last year, as I was. Maybe even in June, early June, we did a show. Hmm. But it was well, a- we did a show. We did a show in February of last year, and uh, September, December, January of this year. Hmm. Uh, so it might, it might have been the February know. We lose show. Track February, after May. A while, you know. Well, yeah, it's could have been. It's, it's understandable. Now, since then, though, I mean, since January to now, a lot of stuff has happened in the world, and yeah, you know, and uh, you know, talking about the moon and stuff, I've been keeping up with what's going on. We're like with Pluto. You see uh, the the happenings there. Yeah. If you go to UFO Digest, you'll see a very good article by Linda Moulton Howe. She's trying to get the close-up photos of these very interesting bright white spots. They. Um, Pluto. Oh, they're just ice reflections. That's all they are, folks. Well, that's all right, they, right, right. they are, but you know, they don't look like icicles. Anyway, we, we deserve to see them since uh, the American public paid for them. And that's Linda's uh, point, that uh, NASA is uh, holding back on these photographs that were taken from 950 miles above Pluto, which would give us a very clear, idea, uh, clear uh, photos of these powdery white areas as uh, they have been snow? described. Is it snow? Let it snow. Let it snow. Let it snow. Uh, we won't I don't know. See I don't f- think it would be. I don't think it would be snow that f- that far out in space. Maybe just. Well, it's Pluto. Solid it's ice. ice cold. Yeah. yeah, solid ice. If you know, I think water is pretty. Well, common. hold on, hold on. It could be ice breaking up because of meteor impact, and it now has that crushed powdery kind of a thing instead of it being solid. True. Well, there could be there could be water, there could be ice almost anywhere, especially if there's any volcanism on on these planets. Uh, people don't know that rocks are full of water, and a lot of the the water in the Earth is uh, water that's released when um, when rocks are melted. They become lava and magma. The steam releases uh, from the rock. The water is released and rises as steam. Over a period of many years, it comes right up through the ground and uh, comes up huh. as mist. Out of the, out of the I desert. did not know that. Yep. Well, now you know, and knowing is half the battle. Well done, G.I. Joe. Joe. Well yes. Done. So, I mean, what are your thoughts on, on uh, some of the stuff that they saw on Pluto? Do you think there's uh, anything more mysterious there than 
they're showing us, uh, because, I mean, there's a lot of talk of what might be there. Uh, a certain host on this network dropped a certain possible library on Pluto, which I don't I'd like to try and buy that one. I'm still not there yet. I don't know. It's well, it's pretty far out. If, <laughs> I don't know how any. It wouldn't be anything that we know if anything's. Uh, yeah, I think we need uh, more no. than subtitles and translations there. Yeah. Yeah. No kidding. But it is no. unusual. You know, it's remarkable it, to me uh, to see it. Uh, for mm -hmm. us to see Pluto and Charon, its moon. Yep. It's mind-boggling because you know I'm old enough to remember Clyde Tombaugh. <laughs> you're you're old enough to remember when Pluto was a planet. <laughs> yes. indeed. I still insist. I'm really one of those resistors. Pluto's a planet. It was a planet when I was a kid. It's a planet now. Just because it's got a little eccentric orbit. There are and a lot a little, of interesting uh, planets out too. there. <laughs> a lot it's, of a tiny, it's a tiny little fella. Hmm. It yes, we're living in marvelous times. Indeed. You know, we were going over some stories earlier, and I want to get your opinion on a couple of the stuff that we, that we went over. Uh, one is the Stonehenge, um, the second Stonehenge they found. Yes. Uh, let's talk about that real quick, uh, because it really it boggles the mind, uh, Robert. Yeah. This thing could be there for such a long period of time, and nobody noticed that this thing is important, that this could be a second Stonehenge. I mean, how does this happen, first of all? Well, it's older. It, it's uh, a first Stonehenge, actually. There, I understand there were three. I've been to Stonehenge seven times myself. Very fortunate. Lucky? Yeah. More than lucky. <laughs> by invitation. Lucky. What? Invitation. Oh, even luckier. Wait a minute. The Stones invited you? Okay. Keep on uh, going. The ancient Druid Order of England <laughs> invited me. That's even better. That's even more hardcore. Wow. To be inside and touch the stones and participate in very ancient uh, ceremonies that occur on the summer solstice. New life. And That's my new life. Very, 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 in. very cool. That so what is your take on the, on the meaning of these stones and why they're placed there? Well, I'll tell you, uh, when I went... The very first time, and uh, we arrived there at midnight, it was uh, quite an amazing experience. And my first impressions were, were the trip to the moon began here. The second one uh, impression was the people who built this taught the people in Egypt how to build pyramids. And subsequently, I discovered very many, many interesting connections between Giza and Stonehenge. Okay, go on. Many, many, many. Like, like, many, like, many. How many? I'll, yeah. I'll tell you. You know, Stonehenge is remarkable. I, I believe that mm -hmm. um, the stones are repositories of ancient knowledge that resides. The stones in, themselves. The stones. You know, like you, you've heard about crystals being able mm -hmm. to store information. Right. Crystal, can you do that, Crystal? Yeah. Yes, that? I, I, I can do that most days. Okay, crystals good. can yeah. store information, and the Stonehenge, a lot of the stones have a high crystalline content. But I'll tell you. I didn't know that. I had the feeling, I had the feeling when I walked through certain hmm, portals. That's interesting. That as I walked through the portal, uh, one of the trilithons, the trilithons are these, the three stones that are two uprights and a lintel stone. I walked through it, and all of a sudden when I was on the other side of it, I, I knew something. I knew something that I didn't know on the other side. And it made me feel like a floppy drive. You know, you take the floppy, it's empty, mm -hmm. the old days. 
you throw it in and you say save or download the information mm -hmm. to the drive and the information would be there and the disk wouldn't know whether it was or not but in my case being a human and reflecting and I, could error, feel, I could feel that I learned something I, I knew something without having learned it and um, it is that there is a connection it, you know about the grid the global grid the, the ley lines yeah ley lines and grid lines and grid coordinates but Stonehenge and uh, Giza are uh, intimately connected. And I'll tell you uh, that the, the chief of the Druids told me that the Druid order arrived in England over 7,000 years ago from Egypt. And it was at a time when the English Channel was not yet there, that there was a land bridge between Dover and Calais. And it was possible. And this is how far back? 7,000 years ago. Okay, that would be just as the Ice Age is retreating. That's right. That's right. So and, that's uh, why the land. That's why there was the land bridge because they, they walked right. over and the then, ice. Okay. And, okay. and here's the point: that the teaching, the spiritual teachings that arrived in England that long ago, were in a very pure form uh, from Egypt before the Egyptians developed uh, a polytheism and multiple gods. It was a unified a spiritual teaching and uh, you might say monotheistic you know there weren't a, there aren't a lot of gods and demons and all that stuff there are spirits but um, it was very interesting to learn that um, that it had arrived there so long ago and that it was in a very pure form still to this day hmm I have to go now because that's amazing that is absolutely oh. amazing. They've done yes. tests in labs of how crystals can actually store information. Mm -hmm. They, so I mean, yeah, no, oh, yeah, fact, they have it. We talk, they have it measuring in that. Absolutely, yeah, they're yeah. measured in petaflops. Yeah. Um, <laughs> it's amazing. Oh, you want to hear? You want to hear something else astronomically? Astronomically, it's uh, tied into the orbit of the planet Saturn. Wait, what? how do you make that connection? Yeah, explain that one. The ring. Hold on, hold on, so, hold on. I want to call Batsquatch for a second there. Hold on, hold on. Let, let, him let, him, let him finish. Me. Let him finish. Let him finish. Go ahead. Can you finish? Go yeah. ahead. All right. Well, that is, it's, uh, the rings. Uh, it's uh, 30 years, uh, 30 portals, and uh, Saturn migrates over a 30-year or, uh, orbital period. And so hmm. they were tied into keeping track of that... Uh, that planet. There's a lot of astronomy there. Another interesting thing is that Stonehenge is situated at 52 degrees north latitude and the corner, the base angle of the Great Pyramid is 51 degrees, 51 minutes, 52 seconds. So it's about 52 degrees at the base. And one of the interesting things that happened to me, one of these knowledge downloads. I was at Stonehenge and it was a noon ceremony and the sun was blistering, blistering hot and all of a sudden I felt these rays and in my mind's eye I saw a ray going from Giza to Stonehenge and then a vertical line down to Giza again and then I saw it makes a triangle and then in my mind's eye, I flipped the triangle. I took the corner from Giza and flipped it into the Atlantic Ocean. And I decided 
this is significant. I got I have to find out where what is under this water here. So when I came back to the states after that trip, I think it was about 1997, I called my cousin who worked down in Washington and I told him about this this theory and I said I really am wondering what's under this point in the in the Atlantic Ocean. It's opposite Giza and the same angle from Stonehenge that Giza is. So he says, "Oh, I have a friend who works at uh, NOAA, uh, National Oceanographic, uh, Atmospheric and Oceanographic Administration. I can get you any map you want. He's my buddy. He'll get me anything I want. I said, really? He said, I said, okay. He says, give me the coordinates. So I gave him that coordinate, a second coordinate, and a third coordinate, uh, all in the Atlantic Ocean. And he says to me, I'll go in at lunchtime and I'll get those charts. My friend said I can have any one I want. So I called him the next day and I said, hey, did you get those charts? He said, no. I said, why? I thought you said your friend could get you anything. He said, my friend, my friend's mind was blown when I told him what you wanted. I said, really? He said, yeah. I said, he said, what does your cousin want? He gave him the cord and he said, Mark. I don't know what's going on here, but there are only four top secret areas of the Atlantic Ocean left, and your cousin has just asked for three of them. <laughs> wow. Did he tell okay. you the coordinates of the fourth? Well, let me just tell you this. A year later, Lamont Doherty uh, Observatories, the geological uh, observatory here in New York State, which is con connected to Columbia University, put out a DVD a CD in those days, of their first mapping the entire bottom of the, of the oceans, including the Pacific and the Atlantic. And so I got the disk, and when I went to the coordinates that I had uh, determined by flipping that triangle that was connected mm -hmm. from Giza to Stonehenge, what I found was amazing. The area that uh, the, this, these two coordinates uh, came down in we're about 6,000 and 9,000 feet deep. But listen to the wow. names. Listen to the names. The United States Navy mapped all of this, and it was kept top secret for years, and then Lamont Doherty got all the information, and they put out these maps. Guess what these places are called? One is called mm. the Atlantis Seamount. Oh, oh, interesting. And the other one is called the Great Meteor Table Mount. That's even more interesting. 6,000 In feet below the surface of the Atlantic keep, Ocean. There keep is that thought real quick. We got, the Great Meteor Table Mount. Keep that thought real quick, right, guys. Dun, dun, we got to hit commercial real quick. Keep that thought, guys. We'll be right back on the Dark Matter Digital Network with more amazing conversation with Robert Morningstar. And don't forget we'll right people back. start to call in. That's right. Imagine no longer being tied down to your computer, but having the freedom to take live talk radio with you anywhere you go. TalkStream Live introduces our first ever iPhone application. The talk shows you follow now follow you. And your iPhone is now the fastest and easiest way to stay connected to the best talk radio on the Internet. Listen to live talk shows 24 hours a day, 7 days a week. Mobile talk radio from TalkStream Live. Now available in the iTunes App Store.
This is James Swagger, host of Capricorn Radio. I'm also an author, engineer, and researcher. Capricorn Radio covers alternative history, alternative science, philosophy, and truth oriented discussions. We are proud to be on the Dark Matter Radio Network live at 8 pm Saturdays, Eastern Standard Time. You can catch extra info on darkmatterradio.net, jameswagger.com for yours truly, and capricornmembers.com for the archives. Don't forget, truth is not democratic, truth is truth. This is Solaris Blue Raven with Hyperspace on the Dark Matter Radio Network. Please tune in on Tuesdays for an intriguing show pertaining to covert technology, UFOs, paranormal, mysticism, and spirituality. The UFO phenomenon, either we like it or not, is already very much part of our reality. I've been on panels with uh, military people who, you know, claim that they've seen the aliens buzzing our missile silos. They have very large eyes, and, you know, I found their stare extremely difficult to bear. This is Martin Willis, the host of Podcast UFO, and we are here on the Dark Matter Radio Network every Wednesday from 8 p.m. to 10 p.m. Eastern Standard Time. It is my commitment to bring you an entertaining weekly show that takes a hard look at the UFO phenomena. Are they extraterrestrial? Well, are they interdimensional? Are they time travelers or something we have not even thought of yet? We explore these questions with interesting guests and witnesses from all around the globe. In addition, we bring you weekly UFO news with Open Minds TV, Alejandro Rojas. Thank you for listening, and remember, keep your eyes to the sky. All right, everybody, if you want to call in to Skywatchers Radio, this is the way you do so. 786-245-8127. That is the call-in number. Again, is 786-245-8127. We're live, of course, with our guest, Mr. Robert Morningstar. Yay! And Yay. no more popping. We's no not more. a popping. No more popping. Poppin <laughs> Welcome like back. Only like <laughs> it's funny because, you know, you sound great with this new headset, and it sounds awesome, and then there's all this popping, and it was just weird. It's like the, like it, it, like we could never get it fixed. The popping, and then now it's fixed. You sound great. We're back. Now you were talking about uh, some amazing stuff in the last uh, segment here before we went on break. Uh, let's go right back into what you're saying here. Now, how far deep did they find this stuff again? It was how far deep there? 6, oh, six thousand, six thousand feet beneath the surface of the Atlantic. There are two uh, submarine. Upwellings, uprisings, and one is called—they're okay. uh, called sea mounts. You know, sea under, mounts, right. underwater mountains are called sea mounts, and one is called has been named the Atlantis Sea Mount, and the other one is called the Great Meteor Table Mount. But you know, my question is, how did a great meteor get six thousand feet beneath the Atlantic Ocean? Oh, that's easy. That's what caused the flood when it came in. Yeah, yeah that would do it. That's pretty. That's a good theory. Yeah, um, yeah. You know what? It's so close to the Canary Islands that uh, it, if if it was if it was a great meteor impact for which they named this uh, table mount six thousand feet below, 
It is possible that that's what uh, cracked the pillars of Hercules, Gibraltar. Mm. I don't know if you know that uh, the story of the formation of the Mediterranean uh, took place very rapidly. It seems that the Atlantic breached the area between Spain and Africa. And when that breach occurred, the pressure of the Atlantic Ocean was so great that it just tore right through. And as it broke on the Mediterranean side, it gouged out the bottom of the Mediterranean and made it 600 feet deep in that area. It's the deepest area of the Mediterranean. And then the Mediterranean shallows out as you go farther to the east, heading toward Italy and toward Greece. Guys, we're going to be joined here in a second by a caller. 318, you're live on Skywatchers Radio. Hope you have your radio turned down this time. Yes. Welcome to the show. <laughs> live oh. and unscreened. You're live on radio. Oh. Uh, and you uh, got to be absolutely fascinating. Come on, no pressure. Oh, got to be. Okay. Uh, yes, no pressure. Go. This, okay, no pressure. Fascinate me. This goes no back pressure. to a native tribe in North America called the Yaraskin. Skin is a sign word, uh, so Yawah is the name of the people of the tribe. Okay. First there was water, and the water was pure and perfect. Then the whispering wind whispered the life upon the waters, and there was no darkness there, because there were two great lights in the sky. And the second, the lesser of the two great lights is called the sun of the moon. What was that the was, name of that tribe? That was really pretty. That was it, we lost it sounds very Genesis-y if you read into it. Yes, indeed. Yeah, indeed. The sun it, of the moon. The similarity, be, the similarities, the similarities. Very similar. Well, you know Genesis borrowed from a lot of other stuff. The well, Bible borrows from a lot of stuff, yeah. Yeah. Well, hold on, hold on. Does the New Testament does, but does the Old Testament borrow from everybody else? That's the interesting question that people don't want to answer. Well, it seems the Old Testament borrows a lot from the Sumerians. Mm -hmm. Yes, it does. And the Egyptians. There's, a, there's yes, an excellent book by Gerald Clark mm -hmm. about the Anunnaki. And I have uh, – this man's a, quite a brilliant man, and he compiled his comparison of uh, the Sumerian creation story and the, the Hebrew creation story in the Bible. Right. And he and the Egyptians, and he's found a direct correlation. Uh, you might say a direct genealogy of gods uh, from the Hebrews, getting them from the Egyptians, and the Egyptians getting it the story from the Sumerians. And basically, his thesis, and I agree with it, is that the Hebrew god of the uh, the Old Testament is actually a new word for, or a new interpretation of the Anunnaki creation myth. Or not myth, I, I actually do believe that it is actually... Well, how do you figure going from uh, multiple Anunnaki on the planet to one single deity for Judaism? Well, the... the if you're saying there's a direct correlation. See, but the Anunnaki were... Uh, you might call them sub-gods, but the the high god of the Anunnaki was the god Anu, A-N-U. And uh, so Yahweh would be Anu. 
And so how do you find even a liturgical translation or transition from Anu to Yahweh? Well, what he's done is he's compiled the two, the two stories, the three stories, actually. Uh, the story of the Netaru, the mm-hmm. Egyptian foundation gods, and compared them with uh, the Bible and with the Sumerian stories, and he's made correlations amongst them. There might and be similar well, stories. Hold on, there might be similar stories. Tells Why the didn't the names story. carry tells over? The same story of the different the cultures, biological right. engineering of the human race. Yeah. Well, here's uh, a question though: when when you're talking about the uh, the Sumerians and the Anunnaki. Uh, where is he basing his uh, information on them in particular? Where is that information being drawn from? He's drawing it from the translations of the cuneiform, uh, the cuneiform history and uh, Zechariah Sitchin. That's, oh, that's the main. That, can we hit the button? <laughs> such Zachari- buzz button. Zachariah hate. Yeah. Such Zachariah hate. <laughs> See, I, I'm, I, yeah. Thank you for playing. Yeah. You know, See, uh, interestingly enough, I've been doing. Bat squatch on Zachariah Sitchin. I've been doing a lot of work squatch. on the Dead Sea Scrolls and uh-huh. doing lectures on the Dead Sea Scrolls recently. Those fascinating. Fascinating indeed, and it seems pretty clear to me that. Uh, there was a genetic engineering program going on in Qumran that involved the angels uh, coming and living in the camps with the Essenes. And there are references to uh, UFOs in a, in a book, uh, chapter called The Chariots of Glory, mm-hmm. which describes these amazing, beautiful, luminous, supernal lights uh, that God came and went on when he visited Qumran. Okay. Guys, we have another caller on here. Uh, Lou is on the line, and of course, as always, he's going to be absolutely fascinating. Welcome to the show, Lou. Thank you, Angel. I, if I can talk, I, I had to tune out the radio, so I may have missed part of the conversation. But uh, Gilgamesh also had a an experience like Moses, being mm-hmm. abandoned, put into a, some a swaddling cloth, and put into water, and discovered by the king's daughter, and raised by the king's right. daughter. Right. Um, so I just thought there's more parallels, but also for um, your co-host, uh, you know, people dis- certainly disagree, and I'm not an expert, but I have my own suspicions that Akhenaten, the guy who worshipped Aten, the son, the Egyptian guy who went into monotheism, and yes. really riled the Egyptian uh, dynasties, I'll put it that way, I suspect he predated Moses. I suspect, that, not Moses, but the um, monotheism. Uh, that's you my know, own suspicion. I I can't pretend I know that, and I know I agree with you. People date Moses. Okay, well, I'm just saying. I'm not. I there are more people are more authority disagree with me, but I still suspect that that's the genesis of the Hebrew monotheism comes ironically from this outcast, renegade, rogue Egyptian pharaoh. So I thought I'd throw my two cents in. I agree with you. you I agree with I'm you sorry, that just, Moses uh, had a, a relationship with Akhenaten. Okay. I'm sorry, is this Mr. Morningstar or is this... No, that's Robert. Yes, uh, you can call me okay. Robert. Yeah, thank you. But, uh, okay. by the way, I do agree with you. I, I, I came to that conclusion about 25, 30 years ago that uh, it is possible that uh, Moses and Agnaton could have been the same person or related to... I think so. Yeah. It is interesting if that... I the... suspect maybe his bodyguards. I suspect they were his bodyguards. When Akhenaten died, they had to make a run for it. That's yes. what I think. 
yes. that the people who were surrounding him, supporting him, had to hightail it. So yeah. that's my own suspicion. There's an interesting coincidence that the city that Akhenaten built, called Amarna, was yeah. a holy city, and he considered the center, the the navel of Egypt, and it was kind of he he drew it according to its relationship to the stars, and so it was in the desert, it was away from the river, but he put up two giant steely tablets, stone tablets, in the holy precincts. And these contained the laws of Mat, the laws of living in truth. And it's my belief that the laws of living in truth may have been the original Ten Commandments. Now, I presented this. So no, I, was I presented that, this but... theory. Listen, I presented this theory to one of the okay. top Egyptologists, a man who wrote a book okay. about the Valley of the Kings, and he, he was he's an Egyptian himself. And when I told him this theory, his eyes lit up and he said, you have to write a book. Nobody's ever written about this. That's interesting. It, yeah, but you know, I mean, remember the tablets? Remember Moses got yeah. the tablets and then they were destroyed. The first tablets were destroyed and yeah. then they were replaced. Yeah. Well, I said to him that it may be that these two gigantic tablets that had the laws of living in Mott, one at the north gate of the city and one at the southern gate of the city, were the original tablets, but then when Agnaton's, uh, let's call it his cult, was overthrown, right. Right. the tablets were toppled and destroyed. And I believe that that may be related to the, 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 um, the revolt of the golden calf, I call it, as uh, depicted in the movie The Ten Commandments. Right. And the Hebrews, when they picked up Yahweh, there was actually a group on the way between Egypt and Canaan that worshipped a god named Yahu. I don't know if you're aware of that. And yeah. the thinking is that that's what they up the name Yahweh. <laughs> yes, I serious. was trying harder to let them like, serious. that's amazing. <laughs> no, not really. Wow. I mean, that's well, he, sees, he seems to have a lot of names. Yes, he seems to have a lot of names. He goes under different titles. Most of them you know, are titles. Yeah. He who he shall not be named. Himself. Oh, I'm sorry, Voldemort. Sorry, my bad. Right. <laughs> so I um, there's something else I was going to throw in there, but I guess I should let you guys continue your conversation. Um, okay. So what, what, yeah, you have, what ahead, else I'll you have next? Hang up, and if I think of something else, I'll call back in. Okay. All right, good man. Okay. Thank you. Course, thank you for being fascinating. And of course, that would violate one of the rules. That would violate one of the rules. He's going to be a rule breaker. Uh oh. He, Lou is a rule breaker. Oh, Lou okay. will break the rules. He's, okay. he's, that's what he is. He's a, t- he's a tough rule breaker. That's, I think it's that's an important Lou. insight that he offered and yep. uh, shared with us. Mm-hmm. And it seems, uh, you know, in reading about the Dead Sea Scrolls as well, it appears that uh, some, be- some people believe that that teaching actually is directly connected to Akhenaten. That's my belief, actually, that... that um, the Exodus, you know, the Exodus from Egypt mm-hmm. is not recorded in Egyptian history. So they say the Egyptians used to say, "Oh, it couldn't have happened; it's all mythology." But well, I believe right. that the Exodus is. But the Exodus is in the Exodus is in Egyptian history. It's just called another thing. It's called the departure of Akhenaten from Thebes to Amarna. He left Thebes and he went and built a new city in the wilderness. And over the period of 18 years, they got quite used to living a very simple religious and spiritual life, 
far removed from the polythe polytheistic mm. uh, temple politics of Thebes. And the subsequently, uh, with the rebellion of the people of the Golden Calf, mm -hmm. uh, I would say Hathor, the cow goddess, that they fled the wilderness and started to head to the Promised Land by going, heading toward uh, farther east. It's interesting in the in the Bible, when you really get down to it, that the Lord, quote unquote, the Lord, he's he's a physical person that walks around. You know, uh, just before the destruction of the Egyptian army, it says that the Lord went about the camp of the Egyptians, and he destroyed the axles of their chariots. Could it be because maybe the, what they were calling the Lord was a person who? That's what I'm thinking. Yeah, later on became a mythological lord, and yes. somehow along the ways, gods become a mythical creation or a mythical being. Yes. All along, it was just a, just a dude walking around the earth. You know, in fact, Robert, it's funny we bring that topic up, because look, for a long time, I've had this belief uh, that the whole God theory, and I'm talking about God with a big G here, mm -hmm. that everybody believes in the Bible and everything, that that is really what we're talking about here. It's a misconception of a guy who lived was a king, elevated to the status of God. And then because of that, people who worshipped him carried on that tradition of this is our God, this is our God. Mm -hmm. And along the way, it got mistranslated into a mystical God that lives mm -hmm. in heaven. And that's that's been my belief from the beginning. And I saw a documentary a few years ago that really got me interested in reading more about Egypt and about the history of Egypt and the history of Rome, mm -hmm. and the documentary was called the 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 Ring of Power, and mm -hmm. uh, I don't know if you ever seen it. I don't know if anybody here has seen this uh, documentary, but it talks about Julius Caesar being the seed for what we would conceive as God now. Like what we consider God, really accidentally we're worshiping Julius Caesar, mm -hmm. and the whole story goes that Julius Caesar had a son named Little Caesar, Caesarian. Mm -hmm. Baby Caesar, <laughs> Little Caesar as pizza, the pizza, pizza pizza, yeah, that guy. Well, th that guy is named after a real person, Little Caesar, which is the son of Julius Caesar and Cleopatra. Mm -hmm. uh, at the moment that Julius Caesar dies, guess who becomes the heir to the throne of Rome and Egypt? Little Sister? Caesar. Yeah, right. His half brother Octavian, I believe it was Octavius or Octavian, he was trying to take over the land because he wanted to take power and he didn't want his little brother to be, become the powerful one and he mm -hmm. tried to have him killed. The story goes that Cleopatra sent him to live with a peasant couple named Mary and Joseph. They left Egypt and Rome and they just took off with the kid who was the little kid at the time mm -hmm. and disappeared. And the story goes that maybe they were found, maybe they weren't, nobody really knows. But part of the story is that they came back or that this person came back years later to reclaim the throne in Rome that was vacated by his father. And doesn't that just sound a whole lot like the story of Jesus? Uh, it's somewhat, somewhat, perhaps. Right? It's Not a, only that, he, he had apostles. Time, though, you know, no, no, but here's the thing. He had apostles. 40, 40 B.C., 44 B.C. No, no, but here's the thing. The timeline, and I was actually researching this, the timeline is off by maybe 10 or 15 years, mm -hmm. give or take. Remember, there's no year zero in the calendar. Right. Right. And before year one ever happened, I mean, there could have been a decade that nobody even knows about. Uh, I mean, there could have been a time period in, that, in there that really wasn't even measured properly. So, And also, we're not taking into account leap year, right? 
Mm-hmm. We added that stuff later on ourselves. Yeah, don't so forget, we're a, dealing, dealing with the difference between a lunar and a Julian solar calendar, too. Right, and when you actually put all the pieces together, it really starts to, to become very clear that the Jesus story was created out of this dude, Little Caesar, who lived, probably went back, took Rome, and guess what they did right after he went back and took over Rome? They created the new Roman Empire, the Vatican, where we've been under for the last 2,000 years. Well, that took that about 350 line. years before that came about. Well, yeah, it took some doing. Constantine. Right. It's, but but the seeds were laid right there. The seeds were laid there, you know, and that's when it all started, that movement. And we've kind of been on that path ever since with the Roman Empire and the church taking over. That's always been my theory, that that all started really with Little Caesar and the conflicts that he had. Mm-hmm. And then, of course, our great pizza 2,000 years later. <laughs> Little Caesar. Oh, about great pizza. I, that's oh, something for five to bucks. Yeah, they make great pizza. pizza. Uh, I mean, uh, whenever I mean Little Caesar's pizza, I'm like, this is a holy slice. Thank you, Lord. Wow. Thank the maker. Wow, now, nice. I know that's a crazy theory. I, I know everybody listening are probably laughing like, oh, this guy's crazy. But that's an actual theory that I believe could have actually could actually answer this thing because, look, in Rome, whenever you're a king like Julius Caesar and you die, you get killed in battle, whatever the story is, you get elevated to that status of a god. Mm-hmm. That's just that's the way it was back then. So, yes, Julius Caesar would have been considered by many to be a god, and his son would be the son of a god and the son of a goddess in Cleopatra. And when he came back, he was literally the king of two lands, right? He's well, the king of actually, kings. that's what happened after Caesar. Uh, by the way, um, Octavian was nephew of Caesar, so Caesarian would have been a cousin uh, of. Um, of Octavian. Later, well, wasn't later Octavian, known as Augustus Caesar. But wasn't Octavian related to his other... Like, I know that he was his half-son, half also his stepson nephew. Uh, as well. Was he a nephew? I'm pretty sure he was a stepson. Nephew. He was nephew of Julius Caesar, and but but raised uh, with him, you know, almost as an adopted son. So he saw himself... That's what it was, probably, yeah. Nat- natural heir. That's what it was. Of course, there was the Civil War after the whole scene with Cleopatra... There was the the civil war that occurred between the forces of Pompey, mm-hmm. Mark Antony, and Octavian. Right. And Octavian came out the winner and became Augustus Caesar. Then there's that. Well, let me tell you something about a it's real. It's all Greek great to me. That's all I can say. I'll it tell is. you there's there's a, there's an unsung hero in ancient history, and I want to bring a light upon him. And he has to be, in my opinion, if not the greatest pharaoh, one of the greatest pharaohs of all time. Because without him, we wouldn't know a single thing about ancient Egypt. And that pharaoh, is his name is Ptolemy V Epiphanes. He was, he was one of those in the line of Cleopatra. But he's responsible for the Rosetta Stone which is one of the most marvelous, beautiful documents that I have ever read. I first heard about this Rosetta Stone when I was in sixth grade, and I asked the teacher, what does the Rosetta Stone say, sister? And she says, oh, it's a, ta- it's a table of taxes and weights and measures. Then I got into high school, and I heard about the Rosetta Stone. I said to my high school teacher, Mr. Constantine, what, is, uh, what does the Rosetta Stone say? And he said, well, it's a table of weights and measures and taxes. I said, okay. Then I got into college, and I asked my college professor, what does the Rosetta Stone say? 
And he said, oh, it's a taxation document and weights and measures. And I, I got to, this. This is the standard answer. It took 50 years for me to find a copy of the Rosetta Stone translated by E. Wallace Budge. And when I read it, I was fascinated. It tells the story of the Jubilee year of Ptolemy V Epiphanes. And during this Jubilee year, he's going to have this wonderful celebration and uh, forgive people their taxes and so on and so forth and have festivities. But he has a little problem. There's a rebellious temple in the temple of Lycopolis. Apparently, they, they worship wolves in that temple. And they didn't want to bow to the pharaoh, and they did not want to acknowledge him as a god, and they did not want to pay taxes. And so they rebelled, and they closed themselves up in, in, the, in the temple, which was on the, on the banks of the Nile. And Ptolemy V didn't want to ruin his jubilee by having bloodshed. He didn't want to kill anybody and ruin his party. So he was a brilliant uh, tactician, and what he did is he laid siege to the temple. And in order to force them out, he ordered his army to dig a ditch around the temple and divert the river so that the waters of the Nile would not flow through the temple. And so he didn't exactly starve them out, but he thirsted them out. And uh, when he subdued the rebellion... He was very merciful, and he did, not, uh, he did not kill anybody. He imprisoned the ringleaders. He forgave everyone else. He forgave them taxes. And he laid out this whole decree that he wanted this story told. He wanted this to be recorded in Egyptian history as one of his great victories to show what a wonderful emperor or pharaoh he was and how merciful he was and compassionate that he didn't kill any of the, uh, the leaders of the rebellion because he wanted to have a very happy jubilee. So he goes through and tells the whole story. Then the 17th decree, when I read the 17th decree, the hair stood up on my arms because I realized, my God, if he hadn't written that 17th decree, we wouldn't know anything because really we didn't know much about Egypt at all until the 1800s when the Rosetta Stone was found and it took another couple of decades for it to be translated. And without that translation, we wouldn't know Cleopatra, we wouldn't know Ramesses, we wouldn't know anything, Akhenaten. So there's, people don't realize how mankind was a species with amnesia, as Graham Hancock says. We didn't know anything about Egyptian history until... I would say the late 1900s and really not until the 20s when scholars like E. Wallace Budge and uh, Arthur Carter and the finding of King Tut's tomb. But we wouldn't even know how to pronounce King Tut without the Rosetta Stone. So I tip my hat to Pharaoh Ptolemy V, Epiphanes, who decreed the Rosetta Stone. And there were many Rosetta Stones, hmm. by the way. He had them carved and scattered all over the kingdom. He had this proclamation written on stone, written on copper, written on wood, and written on papyrus. He wanted everyone to know. And thank God it survived because we'd really be in the dark about ancient Egypt and ancient history without the Rosetta Stone. But how much of that do we know is 100% accurate? I mean, how much of that might not have been embellished, made up? 
orchestrated to be a certain agenda? I mean, do, do we know? Well, is there obviously, any way to it was every every government puts out propaganda. And exactly. It, but, exactly. But I think that this was particularly accurate. I believe it was accurate. And again, it's in, it's in more historical times. You know, the age of the Ptolemies is after Alexander. The Ptolemies were actually Greeks, Greek kings of Egypt, mm. because Alexander, wherever he conquered, he would leave some of his generals as kings, and he would also order them to marry a princess of the of the local uh, dynasty to legitimize their claims to the th to the throne. Right. Which would make sense better than he's an important guy. I would like. I recommend it to anyone. If you really want to read a, a marvelous document, read this the story. Read what the Rosetta Stone really says, and it's not just taxes, weights, and measures. It's it's a fantastic story of a great king. I'm gonna check that. I put it on my bucket list. Yeah, E. Wallace Budge is the translator. E. Wallace. Now we're almost out of time, and uh, you know, Robert, the time just flies when you get on the show, man. We gotta. It's gotta be sooner than eight, than almost eight months. You come back. <laughs> Let's yeah, do a JFK do a little show. bit more often. Let's Another do a JFK, JFK show. show? You can never yeah. do too many JFK shows. You just no. can't. Really? Oh, you can't. can't. No. Well, we have some wonderful things that have happened this year. I would like to perhaps uh, recommend to you to interview a colleague of mine named Dr. David Mantic, who has nice. proven Definitely. he has proven beyond the shadow of a doubt that uh -oh. the X-rays are frauds. Okay. And he's had it published in a peer-reviewed article. Right x-rays of what? Like, no, he's don't you take on the hospital? or? Pardon me? Like x-rays in the hospital? or The x-rays of the, of the purported x-rays of JFK at Bethesda. Oh, gotcha. The head wounds, the head mm -hmm. wound x-rays. Mm -hmm. He's proven that they're false, totally fraudulent. Wow. And uh, he's written a book. Uh, one is, the book is called JFK's Head Wounds. But he's also uh, published a peer-reviewed article in a, in a major uh, medical journal. That is, it's that's big stuff, you know, for the establishment to acknowledge this. It's really a fantastic discovery and a fantastic proof. It's pure science. So I've been trying to uh, alert my friends in in the radio leagues that uh, this gentleman has quite an important. Uh, yeah, you know, definitely. Put me in contact with him. I want to definitely have him on either this show or a uh, feature theater. Okay. Sure. We'll yeah, do, that. do that. Robert, thank you so much, my friend. It's my always a blast. Have a good night, friends. Thank you. Thank you, sir. Good night. That, everybody, is the great Robert D. Morningstar. And like always, he is fabulous, especially when there's no popping. Well, you know. And I mean, always he was, amazing. He was fabulous he was even when he was popping. Even when it was popping, I hate yeah. to stop because he was. Yeah. There's so much uh, good stuff coming from him. Good flow, it's amazing. Good flow. Uh, speaking of good flow, tonight was an excellent show with our very new member of the crew, and uh, we got through it. Yep, like a, like a piece of cake, like nothing. Be it's like whatever. Because of course, that's what happens when you have great people on, like Crystal Storm. Aw, thanks. Together. I love you too, Jackal. I even love the other guy. The other guy's great. And the other guy. Oh, yeah. the other I was going to say. Thank, yeah. Thanks for he's, he's cool. Thank you, you know, calling me out there. Yeah, thanks. He's cool. No problem. He's cool. You're cool. He's cool. He's, cool. he's a good guy. Next week, we'll be right back with this same crew. Crystal, Allen, and myself will be back sky watching with you. And next week, our news correspondent for the week is going to be the one and the only William Michael Mott. He'll be on with us, and we're going to talk about the Outer Edge news. And, of course, Ooh. as always, it's going to be absolutely f fascinating. Fascinating. How to add the extra f That was good. That was good. 
fascinating. Now, guys, I do want you to stick around because the big guy is coming up next. That's right. Art Bell is on next live with Debbie Anderson. And uh, they're going to talk about all kinds of witching, witchcraft, and witchery, and all kinds of uh, weird witchcraft stuff that's going to make your skin crawl, make your hair stand up in the back of your neck. And it might just make you want to turn on the lights because you're going to be really freaked out. It's Art Bell talking about witches. Crazy. Does not Uh get better than that at all. At all. Period. By the way, guys, if you want to check out the podcast after the show, check out skywatchersradio.com. As always, the podcast is there about 20, 30 minutes after the show airs. So just give it a little bit of time and it'll be right on there for your download and listening pleasures. And of course, for you to laugh at the other guy in the very beginning of the show, because that was pretty funny. It's pretty funny. Thanks. Go ahead, rub it It, in. It was. Yeah, it was kind of. It was a little funny. You know I will. It it was hysterical. Guys, we're all out of time. Take care. Have a good night. And stick around. Art Bell is next. This is Skywatchers Radio. It's live radio, everybody. I messed uh, up. It's not going to be the uh, the witch lady on our bill tonight. Stick around. It's uh, the Bigfoot lady. That's right. Bigfoot it's the Bigfoot lady. Oh, Bigfoot lady. Okay. Yeah, instead of uh, the witch lady, it's the Bigfoot lady. It's much better, I think. Much, much better on Dark Matter 2.